4: I'm Brienne of Tarth I was Kingsguard to Renly Baratheon I was there when he was murdered by a shadow with your face You murdered him? With blood magic? I did. In the name of Renly of House Baratheon, first of his name, rightful king of the Andals and the First Men, lord of the Seven Kingdoms and protector of the realm, I, Brienne of Tarth, sentence you to die. Do you have
0: any last words? Go on, do your duty.
1: We are the sword in the darkness.
4: We are the shield that guards the realms of men. We are Game of Microphones.
3: Good morrow, revenge-seeking Rainbow Guard and shame-walking Queens, and welcome to Game of Microphones. I'm Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, the Dapper,
1: and I'm Lady Rachel of House Fox, Septa of Soup Making.
3: (laughs) And joining us today is our good friend Archmaester Stitches from the Luminescent Citadel on the Siren Isle. Welcome back to Game of Microphones, brother dripping as
5: bloody as usual
2: <laughs> oh my god
5: it's johnny stitches he's no. here i mean, i'm so happy to be back guys it's been too long totally
1: it has welcome back
5: yes thank you thank yeah you. thanks for being here
3: johnny is the overlord of the serialized horror drama podcast sirenicide yes. featuring me as malik Huston. mayor of morriston texas johnny why don't you tell us uh, what's going on with sirenicide these days
5: Right now it's in its off season and we're right. releasing many, many episodes every other Tuesday, which are like four to five minute uh, episodes. So if you haven't listened right now, is a good time to just jump in and sample a few of those little mini episodes. They don't really spoil any of the uh, the overarching story from seasons one, two and three kind of give you little samples and if you like what you hear, then you can go back and uh, start binging from the beginning. Sick. We have not George Lucas up our uh, production. Uh, <laughs> so if, if you start at season one, episode one, you're going to listen to a production literally evolve from us trying to figure out what the hell we're doing, what we're writing and how to voice act all the way to where we are now. So uh, it's, uh, it's definitely really cool to listen to the show grow and catch yeah. the storylines. There's also a group on Facebook uh, called the uh, Scarred Ones group. And if you join that group, start listening. And of course, it's all free. You can go in there and ask questions. And literally every member of the creative team gets an alert on their mobile device when someone messages in there. That way, somebody can help answer like, hey, what's up with this guy? Why did they meet such and such? Or how did this lady pass away? And, you know, just mark your question spoiler and we'll be happy to answer it and, uh, you know, work with you and not to mention we have a really really badass mayor of Morston Texas his name is Malacusto and he's got a very 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 badass season coming up for season four so nice. Malacusto, you might awesome. recognize his voice <laughs> evil has reigned for far
3: too long in Morston Texas and right I'm gonna do something about it. <laughs>
5: where can our listeners find sirenicide johnny check it out at sirenicide.com or facebook.com slash sirenicide or any of your favorite podcast platforms just enter sirenicide s-i-r-e-n-i-c-i-d-e perfect and thanks for coming back on game
3: of microphones this is episode 92 which holds a special place in my heart because 92 was my hockey number
1: (laughs) (laughs) nice that's awesome On this episode of our series rewatch, we're covering the season finale of Game of Thrones, season 5, episode 10, Mother's Mercy.
5: Shame. Shame.
3: Shame. Shame. And in case you're not already aware, this series rewatch is from the perspective of someone who's current on the show. That means you've seen up through season 7. If not, there's still time to be stabbed to death by your sworn brothers after being tricked into thinking something wonderful has happened. So you don't have to hear these spoilers. (laughs) Spoiler alert! Spoiler
2: alert! For the watch. Spoiler alert!
3: Oh man, I love this episode.
1: I love it too. So much but happens. I love every episode.
3: I know. Yeah, we're such cheerleaders for for the show. Honestly, <laughs> right? Show strokers. Show strokers. Show strokers. There you go.
2: Oh
5: man! Tight grip. <laughs> what do you think, Johnny? Um, actually, uh, I have, I guess, played this episode a lot more fondly in my mind than when I did the rewatch. Um, I think I might've said last time I was on, cause I was right in the middle of it, or I just started it or just ended it. I can't remember. I think it's like back in <laughs> November, but we, we watched all of them. And so I think sick. because I, I had never binged it before. That was my first time ever binging, what? um, yeah, because I've always I watched them, you know. Other than the first season, I watched them all live. Oh wow! So that was a really cool experience, and I really enjoyed it. But then when I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go on Game of Microphones," and I want to do the the season finale of season ten, and uh, I mean a uh, season episode ten of season five, and. I for some reason thought this was the same episode <laughs> that uh, Danny got rescued from the pit and then oh. at like towards the end of the episode, oh. the Kalisar surrounds her. And when I was like, oh, oh wow, that's two. <laughs> this is two different episodes. Fuck. And I was like, what? That kind of sucks. Oh, well, it starts off with Stannis and stuff. This is cool. And as I f- was floating my way through it, I was like, oh, man, this, this just doesn't feel like as epic of a... <laughs> finale as i remember i'm like what the hell um i like the uh i mean we're gonna go in the deep on a lot of it but it was more or less i think what it really was was just that and i'm i think i remember last time you were telling me duncan i think the mountain and the viper one that was like your first live episode wasn't yes, it? yes sir good memory so you got to sit through this as well as the rest of the world that didn't start binging after season five that john <laughs> snow thing man like them putting that shit in Times square on these big ass like digital billboards and what? stuff of him just bleeding in the snow and no way all like just teasing like the world i mean that was a long ass off season oh in fact, yeah on my notes i think i put Fuck this off-season. Worst ever. <laughs> yeah, Joe Brandon
3: <laughs> was like telling people that he was off the show and everything.
5: Yeah, dude. they were. It was like the, the, the Glenn warfare. and the dumpster thing on Walking Dead times 20. <laughs> yeah, totally. <But> it, <laughs> that's hilarious. It, it was. Uh, it really messed with me, too, was the fact that... I mean, I don't, I don't think we do any book spoilers, but basically there was no... Re- you could not find refuge in the books. Yeah, There was no exactly. solace, solace there for book no readers. solace. I'll, I mean
3: i had researched a lot of speculation and theorizing by this time and people were like 100 percent confident that john was going to be revo- revived so if i hadn't known that um or suspected it, it this the loss of Jon snow would have been too great a, a loss to bear i think it would have been too much
5: oh yeah definitely it was uh I guess that in a whole, I'm trying not to, I can't judge an episode by like what you had to go through the months after. So I tried to pull that out. So I have to say out of season finales, which for me up until this point and the season finales that are to come for six and seven, mm. I would probably say this is my least favorite of the season finales.
3: Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. That's when, be,
5: that being said, it's like this is like the nine point five out of like the perfect tens. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Still remember, really good.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, super solid episode. When it came out, I remember that uh, for some reason I couldn't watch it live so I, I had to wait till the next day and one of my friends at work came up
5: to me and said for the watch
3: and i was like no he, he fucking spoiled it no! for me ah, <laughs> you
5: did know? he like make a gesture at your chest like with an imaginary knife when <laughs> probably <he said> it? <laughs> probably but i had read the books
3: so i knew the line and just him saying that like told me exactly what was going to happen in the episode you know i was like ah damn he's still my that's friend it. though
1: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's good
3: rachel you want to start off with your number uh, three Sure. My awesome.
1: number three is Cersei's walk
5: of shame. 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 Shame.
1: Shame. So I just loved this when it started, as when I was a first time viewer. I was like, yes, she's going to get what she deserves. She has to walk naked through the streets. <laughs> And then by the end of her walk, I felt kind of bad for her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like she, she wants to get back to her son so bad that she's willing to do this. And she starts off walking fairly proud. And then towards the end, she's just like barely holding it together. And yeah, like there's just like a small amount of humanity in me, I guess, that felt for Cersei in that moment of like, oh my god. This this was cool at the beginning because she's getting what she deserves, but now I feel kind of bad for her.
3: Yeah, right when they start calling her whore, you start to see it on her face when the crowd is starting to get all agitated and yelling and everything and
5: super yeah. messed up. <laughs> she yes. does a really ballsy job. Well, not really, but she does a really good job of uh, ballsy. Sh- showing that like wall though at the beginning i mean for a while it's like oh, yeah i don't care if it, i'm naked i got this when her feet's not bleeding yet or anything she's had a few things chunked at her and they do some really good oh, camera angles man. of just like showing that those eyebrows arched and her just like staring through these people like they don't phase her yeah just, it's so badass how by the end of that like uh when gregor like grabs her it's just like yeah like you just said rachel like you're like oh my this poor woman almost by the end of it just like
3: <laughs> walking in front of the lannister guard i'm naked. feeling
5: bad for cersei yeah, I know totally. it was kind of weird
3: yeah pretty pretty ruthless for sure
1: um so this scene starts out um i'm starting from when the sparrow is standing on the steps and he goes "A sinner comes before you Cersei of House Lannister, mother to his King Tommen, to his Grace King Tommen, widow to his Grace King Robert, and she's looking pretty rough (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Oh yeah, and you know he continues to tell them that she's going to atone for her sins and she's going to be naked before the eyes of gods and men. And when the septa's remove her robe, she just stands there naked. And I just, I I was really, when I first watched this was super, I was like, yeah, she's going to get what she deserves here.
3: (laughs) And Um, there's like gasps in the crowd. Like,
1: (gasps) Do you know if she used a body double or not? Yes, she did. She did. Okay. That's what I thought.
5: Oh yeah. That was a big controversy when it happened. Because uh, the girl that they used, I mean, it's been a while since this, so I don't remember it completely clearly, but apparently I think she was like in her mid-20s or something like that, uh-huh. and in the in the book or something, it's really big about the fact that the crowd's also mocking her age. Like that's the way it's described in the text. It's been a while since I've read this chapter, but I think I mean that's not a giant spoiler or anything, but they say stuff like, you know, you could see the the perfect queen actually showed signs of age. Yeah, and like then, her
3: sagging boobs or whatever.
5: Right. Yeah, but then they use this really pretty like body double for her in this in the in the show. I mean I didn't I didn't care, but I mean I know there was like a lot of like, you know, Twitter hate and You know, Facebook rants on it like the next few nights after. The littlest
3: thing we'll throw,
5: you know. Yeah, all the (laughs) keyboard warriors came out. (laughs) Really?
1: Because I thought they did a good job with her body double.
5: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I think they did a really good job with it. Oh, yeah. The CG work was great.
1: Yeah. I was trying to figure it out and it was, they did such a good job. She
5: is naked in some of the parts, just not during the walk. Like when they're cutting her hair and stuff, supposedly you can barely tell because they do such a good job of it but that was the first time uh, Lena Headey had like was okay with being uh, naked for Game of Thrones apparently. Interesting. Oh, you interesting. When her and Jamie in the first episode she's always got like clothes Something on it wasn't covering her. Yeah, and it wasn't really for like the actress like, oh, I don't want to be naked. It was always like, no, she's queenly. Like, it's just very like these are like right, right. I, don't, I don't just bear myself to everybody. I am a queen like that kind of thing. So you're like this, them stripping her down for this was really getting into the psychology of you know, like her, like everything that she was was stripped away, which, you yeah, know, the high sparrow says exactly
3: that queenliness, where you know, very guarded and protected, that's metaphorical for the clothing around her and everything like that, right. I remember yeah. uh the honest trailer <laughs> or something yeah, one of the honest trailers they're they're talking about like you know Rachel, how we're always referencing, but any boobs necessary <laughs> <laughs> and it, like when it when it gets to this part in the honest trailer, like the sound goes quiet and, and you hear like crickets and she's walking along naked, and he's like, oh oh i I don't want to see these boobs, <laughs> Like <Yeah>. shame <laughs> <laughs> boobs, like no no, <laughs>
5: <laughs> I remember that, yeah, <laughs> pretty great. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so then we get Septa Unella's favorite word, shame, shame, shame.
3: Yup, and look who it is—the director of the part, the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> Back to uh,
5: you know, Redundancy thing. things. Confess. <laughs> confess, confess, shame, shame, shame. shame. <laughs> shame. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and so they kind of push her forward, and she hesitates to go forward, and. She starts walking down the steps and everyone's kind of quiet as she you know descends yeah. down the the staircase yeah
3: it starts off real quiet
1: and so i felt like very anxious when i first watched this because it was eerily quiet like i thought to myself there's no way that she's gonna get through that mob yeah without something going terribly wrong
3: (laughs) yeah for sure And so
1: then you hear cunt (laughs) 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 bitch whore hail to her royal tits (laughs) 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 and so she's you know like sir johnny said she's you know standing pretty tall she's standing strong her she's looking straightforward and i think the the food tossing and then it escalating from there, you know, with the poop and the pee and the spit on the face. The oh my god!
3: Food and stuff. Oh god! That
1: was so fucked. Um, <laughs> the 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 whore that jumps in front of her and shakes her tits at Cersei. Oh, yeah. And then the man that jumps in front of her and he's like, "Suck me off, you bitch."
3: <laughs> yeah, hanging out with his wang out. <laughs>
1: and i love I'm taking that she does great
3: quotes of you and putting them in the outtakes like
1: suck me <laughs> up you bitch. No, how much for no. your little clam <laughs> that one was so creepy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much for your little clam oh god <laughs>
2: oh. um
1: so i i do love her performance in this because she keeps looking up at the red keep And, like, like, that's her focus, is I just need to get home. Like, I'm doing this to get home to my son and to get the hell out of Dodge. And I just need to stay strong. But she's knocked to her knees, and then she gets back up a couple of times, and then her feet are just completely bloody, which I found kind of interesting. I guess it's a really long walk, is what I understand. And she's
3: doing it barefoot. Yeah, barefoot. And there's who knows what she's walked over. People are
5: probably like breaking, breaking pottery and stuff in front of her. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just that. Like on the, we are, we have this little, uh, old, like 1960s, uh, cement walkway that leads out to our carport here at our house. Mm. And every now and then, like if I could run out to my truck or something, I, you know, I don't throw shoes on. And between like coming out of the back of the house and that carport, any little, Pebble, yeah, right, right. Like between oh, my yeah. my foot and that cement, like it picks it up and it hurts. So like I can imagine doing that for miles on end. Yeah, exactly. On cobblestone,
3: hard, yeah, hard floor with little pebbles on it. They, yeah, they yeah. they stick out a lot for sure.
1: Yeah, so she's almost there. Every time she looks up, the Red Keep gets a little bit closer, and she finally gets to the guards guarding the gate into the Red Keep. And she's just shuffling along.
3: Yep, just covered in shit and spit <laughs> just, and rotten. and
1: She just looks awful. And she's breaking down. And it, it this is when I start feeling kind of sad for her. And it's just the way she's walking. Or I guess the way her body doubles walking. <laughs> and the way, you know, she's crying. But mm-hmm. she waited until really no one could see her was just it made me sad for her yeah just a half a minute
3: (laughs) for sure one of the most hardcore parts is like walking naked past the Lannister guards too you know who like yeah she was always in a position of power over them so it's it's one thing to have like all the people see you naked but then to have like people who know you
1: good point you know it's like even more
3: intense kind of
1: yeah, and that's actually what happens right next. As she walks through the doors, and her uncle is standing right there, Grandmaster Pycel.
3: Yep. And Grinny. then
1: Kyburn and the I know, and he raises his eyebrows. He's like, oh, oh, <laughs> I've been imagining that for a while. And Kyburn um, is the only one that rushes over to cover her yep. with a blanket, and he is. She, You know, no one else is really moving. I think they're all kind of like, you kind of deserved it. And Kyvern is blatantly choosing Cersei's side here. Yep,
3: Total brown noser. He's like, he wraps the blanket around her and like grabs her by the hand. And he's holding her hand tight. You know, it's good to have you back. You know, like, well, you know,
5: we need to look at those feet. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's brown nosing. I really think that he genuinely... Right, cares yeah, for this yeah, person that's given him a position of power like uh, I mean in that moment he's thinking God I don't got to worry about is her uncle going to have me you know killed or the grandmaster going to have me you know thrown into some place I'll never come out of you know like she yep. needs him as much as he needs her
3: yeah brown nosing connotates like a falsehood or you know duplicitousness but yeah you're right there's none of that there he, he likes her because she's down with his M.O. You know, right. his wildness, and, uh, they're, and like, they're a perfect pair.
5: <laughs> it's a cool scene, too, because up until then, it does feel like that. Like, all their scenes together, it feels very, let me help you, my queen. Look yeah, what I'm yeah, working yeah, on, yeah. my queen. But in that moment where she's that vulnerable, all of the people have stood by her through all these years don't do shit, and this guy steps up. Yeah, and he's got her back. And got, Yeah, exactly, and then gives her that massive gift. <laughs> oh, man. yeah yeah franken mountain franken
3: gregor it's so cool
1: yeah he goes may i have the honor of presenting the newest member of the king's guard
3: (laughs) oh if it please your grace he's taken a holy vow of silence he's sworn that he will not speak until all of his grace's enemies are dead and the evil has been driven from the realm
1: and he picks her up and carries her off and the look of vengeance just glares Mm -hmm. across Cersei's face like they're gonna pay for what they did
3: yeah and there's like the moment that she sees him too I think is the first moment of comfort that she actually feels like she's she's panicked like frantic almost walking through crying in front of the guards and getting in there and the blankets thrown on her and she's still like shaking and convulsing and crying and then he points out Gregor to her and she looks up and just a calm goes over her face and she's it's like (laughs) like uh, something happened in that moment where she just felt like everything was going to be okay you know and she was ready to start again working or climbing her way back up
5: totally i think she realized in that moment her investment in kyber paid off yeah that too like this guy's got a true talent that i can he's invested
3: yeah he's got my back he's giving me this like this guy's the man yeah Remember Kyburn's reaction when they bust out the white at the, uh, the dragon pit in season seven. He's. Oh in, yeah.
5: He's just intrigued. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: so cool. <laughs> Love it.
5: Yeah. Does he grab its hand later in that episode? I think. Yeah, it, yeah. He
3: totally steals the hand and like, yeah, definitely. Anything else you want to add about this, Rachel?
1: I think that was it for my notes on my number three.
3: Nice. That's a good one. Yeah, that, what an intense scene. Super, super hardcore. <laughs> Definitely. How about you, Johnny? What do you got for number three?
5: My number three is the loss of Stannis. Oh, the man. The menace. <laughs> I guess a uh, prerequisite to this, I mean, up until the death of Shireen, I mean, I never was a big, big fan of uh, Renly. I think a lot of that's because right. everybody's like, you know, he would have made a good a good king, and I think he would have been a good king. I think he would have been a lazy king too, just not in the same way as Robert. Yeah, different kind of lazy for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I see and, what you know, you're talking like about Like throwing you know galas and yeah. like all <laughs> yeah. that kind of and instead partying of t- all t- the like time. dances <laughs> exactly. And I mean, like with that kind of th- that kind of thing, I always when the War of the Five Kings really got off to a head. I mean, I know everybody's like rooting for for rob 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 because that's the way the the writing's geared to totally but there was always a piece of me that was just like i don't know man this this guy is just like he's it like i mean he's you know he i just love his his unwavering like freaking integrity almost i guess i don't know if that's the right word for it but he's just it's very, like, loyal to the principles of the land that he's from. Like, you know, you know, I mean, the and the only time he gives into that is with his kryptonite, which is right next to him all the time, the Melisandre.
3: Woman. Yeah, he's very, uh, like, yeah, very justice-oriented. His vision of justice, he sticks to it the best he can. Like, if,
5: if he wasn't so jaded by her, I ask myself, you know, would he have actually, you know, would he have had the resolve to, like, Say Renly didn't have Loras, and he didn't have Melisandre. I think he would have had what it takes to like get with Renly and been like, "Hey, let's team up. We're brothers. You know, this is mine by right." And I almost think without like the Tyrell influence, that Renly would have been like, "Okay, you know, like, like would have would it I mean, it's his brother, and his other brother at that point's gone. You know, so I mean." again we don't know they don't really unless it's in like history books and stuff but they, in the show they don't really give you a whole lot of like what was you know little Renly growing up's relationship with Stannis because Stannis is the middle brother even though a lot of times to me he comes off looking like the oldest brother I, <laughs> I think that Stannis
3: harbors some resentment resentment against uh, Renly because Robert gave Renly Storm's End and um, But, I mean, other than that, it's not, like, Renly's fault, per se. Yeah.
5: So, I used to, you know, sit there and just, you know, I'd have a discussion with a few of my Game of Thrones buddies when we were watching it when it was coming out and just being like, imagine, like, what this guy could have accomplished without Melisandre. Yeah,
3: yeah. Like for instance, I mean, he would. There's no way he would have burned a Shireen, and that's one thing we were mentioning last episode when no. it happened. Is that uh, you don't want to defend a child murderer, you know? But Stannis, <laughs> Stannis is is also a victim in this situation. He's totally brainwashed. Definitely.
5: Yeah, I mean, he again. I, I mean, he literally is the embodiment of karma. He makes the worst mistake of his yep. life and immediately pays for it, like instantaneously, and that's that's just amazing writing and the way they they illustrate it so for my points on the loss of stannis it's mainly you know like within them in the within the first few moments of this episode you see the downfall of uh oh, yeah. stannis baratheon with the army leaves and his wife kills herself and you know it's uh
1: and then lady melisandre yeah, is seen writing Roman, off
5: exactly that is the craziest moment the one two three punch you know yeah um it's just it it is so sad man and then in the aftermath of, of the battle that we don't get to see uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had, I had that in my that notes too. Dragon last episode um <laughs> in the af- aftermath we see him wounded in the leg which is a harken back to uh like uh uh, what was it? Robert had gout or something like that. I think was it uh, was it King Robert that had gout? I can't um, remember.
3: Duran has d- has gout and his legs big oh, time. Okay,
5: okay, this okay, yeah. So it's um, and he Robert caught the boar. He caught that to the chest, right?
3: Yeah, to like to like, the, the,
5: gut some, the, this,
1: like uh, the side of his stomach. So
5: the, the reason and the reason I bring all that up is because like Robert. He catches a board to like his strength, his you know his midsection and all that. Right. But Stannis is like always on the move and is always trying to conquer Pressing and forward. from Blackwater Bay. And then he gets like right there at the end. They just like those Cripple those uh, Bolton soldiers just yeah chop his legs out from underneath them, basically by bringing him to his knees. And he still manages to to take them out. And I think that is so awesome you know like um, great metaphor it, you know even before the Breanne stuff happens just in that moment it's like you know he's done for mm-hmm. like when these when these metaphoric you know hands of the Boltons just reach out and take his legs out from underneath them and literally they show a guy right before that crawling without his legs yeah, <laughs> yeah. that part's nuts so so,
1: that was intense
5: I feel like the director was trying to say something right there about like crippling movement and it made me think back to like well, damn you know you can look at it like drinking and hunting killed Robert but you don't really sit there and think about like where did Robert get hit where does Stannis get hit you know uh, how you know how does Ren- Renly is like taken out by a shadow of his brother you know reflection in vanity. the heart and he yeah. was loved oh, by vanity. all his people exactly yeah and damn it's this, like, is,
3: this is cool man
5: he's, yeah I was sitting there going into so like so into the loss of Stannis like getting his legs taken out from beneath him, like literally his men abandon him beforehand. Like, so everything is just like chops him, you know, down to where he's just there. And that's why it's just so easy to go on, get on with your duty, you know, yep. when Brianne comes by because you know, he doesn't have to explain to this woman or grovel to her or try to apologize for what he's gone through. I mean, he's at that moment, he respects why she's there, and he understands why she's there, and he admits the truth to her, which is what she's always needed as someone to tell her she's not crazy.
3: I also think that in that moment when she brings up the, the blood magic for Renly, he's just made this horrible mistake of killing Shireen and which has cost him the war. Basically it killed the morale of his troops who left. And I think he's putting all the actions of his past in perspective because he's been doing these things so that he could become Azor High. Like he needed the throne right. so he could be the man basically. And I think now that he knows that that's not going to happen, he, everything that he's done is being cast into doubt in his mind. So when she brings up the blood magic and the kin slaying, he's just like, you know what? I killed my daughter. I killed my brother.
5: I'm yep. done. Just fucking kill me. Like, you're right. I'm a criminal, basically. Yeah. And I like how uh, they cut up to her when she brings the blade down. You know, when she comes down on him, she doesn't look like a seething villain when she does it. She just looks like someone who's like, this is me kind of like Ned when he de- decapitates mm-hmm. deserters and stuff. It's Same just like John too. Me exacting my justice, which I think is really cool. Cause there's a episode. I can't remember what it was a while back where, uh, I don't know if it was Littlefinger, but somebody was, Oh no, it was, uh, Jamie bringing up, you know, it's not act like that. Ned didn't enjoy killing. Right. And right. that these people don't enjoy killing. And I, I, you know, I just think that's... And the Hound, too. Your father was a, a
3: killer. You know,
5: you were all yeah. killers. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just try to... I don't think that Brienne enjoys it, and I don't think Ned did either.
3: Yeah, definitely you know, not.
5: I think there might have been a time when Ned was a younger, cockier sword fighter, but I don't think he ever enjoyed the the murderous aspect of it, and to the, the point of where someone like the Hound or Jamie... I think that... I'm not saying they get off to it or anything like that, but I think there's a certain, like, with Bronn and the Hound and Jamie, which are all three characters, like three of my favorite characters. Yeah, there's something that gives them, like, that berserker bloodlust feel mm-hmm. to killing. And you don't see that in Brienne's face.
3: Yeah, we've talked about not the Starks all. being sort of unique in that capacity, too, is not having that kind of bloodlust that, that these right. other houses have. It's about duty so with too, them. Yeah. It's because she comes from Sir Duncan the Tall's line, you know, so <laughs> he was pretty chill too.
5: That's all I had for my number three.
3: Nice, man. Nice. I love that. Um, such a good scene. So my number three is the Queen's closest confidant, the commander of the unsullied, and the foreign dwarf with the scarred face.
1: Ew, nice. this is my number one.
3: Nice. Let's combine forces. Yeah, just this whole scene in Marine basically. Where um, we have Jorah and Tyrion and Dario and, and Missande and Grey Worm all, all sort of talking together for the first time in the absence of Danny. It's so weird.
1: <laughs> oh, wait, I lied. It's not my number one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is your number one?
1: My number one is when Sansa and Theon escape.
3: Okay, is this in your top three?
1: um let me look i thought it was nice yeah it is it's my number two <laughs> all right cool
3: sorry <laughs> no, that's all good. so yeah we'd be going right into your number two anyway next so we can just uh collaborate on perfect this. so we start out in marine and danny is mia and it's like she's like they're the, all like
1: bored they're looking around all bored twiddling their thumbs <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah sitting around on the like the throne steps without her like what do we do
1: they're pining for her
3: yeah it's so funny and yeah Tyrion's like you love her don't you and you love her yeah makes sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah so gray worm walks in and or or, and he kind of laughs about it too because jorah's exiled and a you know dishonored (laughs) knight and and uh dario is just (laughs) he's like a sword. neither of them are fit consorts for a queen and he has a kind of a poignant line where he's like but we always want the wrong women, you know, like him being in love with Shay and, and
1: Tysha. And
3: yeah, exactly. Before that, or Jamie being in love with his sisters. This is just a concept that Tyrion is very familiar with.
5: <laughs> well, very and, much so. And that he's continuing. I mean, that's the cool thing I love about this podcast is that it's, you know, spoilers up until where we are right now. And one of the last yeah. shots we see of Tyrion is him, kind Of looking jealous at Jon Snow, you know, right?
3: So, that put in, in context with that is this scene him basically saying, I have a better shot with her than either of you, <laughs> mm. like, you know, sneakily right. implying it. Interesting, then, <laughs> either of you I like are a it. Fit consort for a queen, but me, I'm the you know, the heir to House Lannister, he's and a
1: Lannister,
5: like, and then yeah. Jon showed up, damn it, yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> so funny. So, um, Grey Worm walks in and jorah says something he's he's basically like hey in valyrian or something gray worms like what the hell like you're not supposed to be here and he's i'm kind of surprised how like not stoked he is to see jorah i mean obviously danny has banished him but um you know it doesn't seem like he's being particularly friendly about it he's Uh like dude what are you doing here um so dario Dario stands up for him, which is funny because they're like, you know, I guess they're not really competitors for for Danny. So, so Dario doesn't view it that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, friend zone. Yeah, yeah sad, sad for Jora. So Dario's like, listen, Danny would be dead without him. And Missandei is like, that, you know, that's true. And I would be dead if it wasn't for Tyrion, the uh, li- little man, you know. <laughs> and Tyrion knows the Valyrian word for dwarf, which she doesn't, which is funny because she knows like 17 languages, right? Right. But, yeah, but uh, his, his Valyrian is pretty rusty. Instead of saying rusty, he says, my Valyrian is nostril. And Missandei gets kind of like a kick out of correcting him immediately. Which is great. Is this
5: the first episode that we see him speaking Valyrian? Yes,
2: yes.
3: I believe so, yeah. Okay. So it's like a kind that's of a cool. cool reveal. Sort of like yeah. the way that Danny knew Valyrian and nobody knew that she knew it. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. That is cool. So uh Grey Worm is like, oh, like I wish I could fight for, for Danny. And um they're they're trying to figure out what to do and Tyrion points out that the dragon headed north so they have to go that way to find her basically and uh, and everybody's kind of freaking out (laughs) because she's pretty essential for the mission and Tyrion wants to go help but Jorah's like what the fuck you're a Lannister you know she's trying to remove your family from power (laughs) and again he's like you know I want to help with that I, I don't like my having my family in power at least not those ones um which is pretty classic he's always like like saying if you're you know what he said to danny last week if you want if you want to kill lannisters i'm the most you know prolific lannister killer of I'm our best age
1: lannister killer there is
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh man. it's so funny so they point out that Jorah's been exiled because, you know, he, he takes a dig at Tyrion. Tyrion takes a dig back at him. And Jorah is salty because he's like, the second time I was exiled, it was thanks to you. <laughs> he is not happy with Tyrion. He goes on to say that if he ever kills him, his eyes will be wide open. Good Tyrion, old Jorah. Yeah, because Tyrion doesn't know if he's safe to sleep or not. I like him. how
1: Dario is the voice of reason in <laughs> yeah. this conversation, which is he's like the last person that I would think would have the voice of reason right and he's like he's right the queen exiled Jora, and he's right Jora yeah. saved her life perhaps she feels differently about him now perhaps not but. the only way we will know, we'll know is if we ask her
3: <laughs> yeah he's, he's like he's, shut yeah. up <laughs> he's playing a Tyrion role here with with logic is his head on like you know tight on his shoulders which is pretty cool and so he goes on to ask Dario, like, or, or sorry, Dario goes on to ask Tyrion, like, wait, why, are, why would we bring you on this? And he starts asking him about his relevant skills, which is <laughs> kind, it kind of reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite.
1: Can you fight?
3: Yeah, can, do you have rock climbing skills? You
1: know. <laughs> have you ever tracked animals in the wilderness?
3: No, not exactly. Are you good on a horse? Uh, middling. <laughs>
1: so mainly you talk
3: <laughs> and drink I've, I've survived this far <laughs> yeah,
1: which i respect
3: <laughs> yeah that's a good so i just love that whole little interaction between dario and Tyrion there which is really funny and so dario is like in the strategic mode right now he's like listen gray worm i know it's cool that you want to come but you can't even though you're the most tough badass person with no balls that i know or most <laughs> badass ball is dude. <laughs> and, uh, because the people of Marine trust you and they know that you speak for the queen. So you got to be here. And the same with Masande. And, uh, he said, for some reason he wants Tyrion to stay also. And Jorah's like, you know, but he's a foreign dwarf that barely even speaks the language. Why, you know, why would they listen to, to, to Tyrion? Um, He's like, oh, they won't, but they'll listen to Grey Worm. So he, mm-hmm. he says, uh, and Missandei, our queen trusts no one more than Missandei, certainly not me, which is just kind of a funny line. He's like, she doesn't trust me, but I'm, he's delivering props where they're due to Missandei, which I liked. Yeah. And then he has that line, the queen's closest confidant, the commander of the Unsullied and the foreign dwarf with the scarred face. Good fortune, my friends. Marine is ancient and glorious as he goes to leave. basically. Try
1: not to ruin her. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so funny. Um, and I like how he, he says, looks like it's you and me, Jorah the Andal. Let's go find some good horses. I just like how people refer to Jorah, even to his face as Jorah the Andal.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty
3: kick-ass nickname
2: cool
3: and then Tyrion walks down the steps towards Missandei and Grey Worm who are just like looking at each other like who the fuck is this guy this is so weird and then they, uh, their personalities are just so awkward together like remember when Tyrion is trying to get them to drink and play games
1: yes. he yeah, yeah, I don't know any jokes <laughs>
3: yeah oh man so they're just like awkwardly staring at each other and Tyrion's like this is gonna be weird <laughs> I can tell already Classic scene, but that's pretty much it. I think for my number three, just that scene. Anything else you guys want to add about that scene?
5: No. Yeah, I, I got. It's one of the well, like I know it's. I get what the director was trying to do there at the end when he's walking down the steps when it's just them kind of staring, and it does make you reflect on like what we're gonna see with these later, these characters later. But that's one of the things I'm talking about. It's very this is not episode four or five. This is the season finale, and this is it. Right. Like, we're going to go find her. Okay, go find her. Yeah, they're just leaving us hanging. We'll see y'all in, like, ten months. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's very, uh, it's just, I mean, for a character as epic as Tyrion, that was just one of those things that, in my notes I was putting down, I was like, where do each of the characters we absolutely care about end off and at what time in the episode are we really like last left with them like i mean even aria is kind of early on in the episode with the sight and all that kind of thing you know what i mean it's not like yeah. in the last 15 minutes or any it's just it's really uh it's just i don't know man i think it, i think they were really banking a lot on that on the Jon snow thing Like, this is going to be so huge that no one's going to know about or really care about this part after this happens. Like, that kind of thing.
1: I also think they had a lot of loose ends to tie up in this episode. There were a lot of story arcs coming to a close that helped propel the overall story into season six Mm -hmm. that continues the new paths. But, like, I think, to Johnny's point, they were wrapping up too much. They... They could have left a little bit more
5: for this could have know. definitely been like a 12 episode season
3: oh yeah it was definitely rushed things were happening super fast in this exactly episode. but I, that's just a symptom of the uh, the overarching issue that they had to do eight seasons instead of 13 basically
5: yeah so and well, I mean everybody complains about season seven and the uh, the Ravens with jet propulsion but i i don't know i feel like the way that i mean i can i probably get a lot of twitter hate or whatever or emails for something saying like but i feel like the pacing in these last few episodes of season five was worse than that whole season seven thing yeah i would agree i mean i've i mean again they don't have the book constraints and stuff like that at that time it's just more of the uh george's advisement at that point Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's uh I love, I mean, I love season seven. Though. Me
3: too. Like, <laughs> I really I, I like it a lot.
5: I love season seven. Like when the oh, mountain yeah.
3: smashes that guy's head against the wall after he pisses on yeah. his armor.
5: <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just not a dull moment in that season. And mm-hmm. in this season, it feels like they were really trying to cram a whole bunch of stuff together, but also wo- 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 woving it together with like a lot of like kind of spacey scenes. And, right, right, right. Instead of jam
3: packing everything and making the most like the best use possible out of every second there are like gaps of uh bubbles, uh, you could say
5: still. Nine point
2: five
3: though,
5: uh, right? You know, totally compared to a ten. <laughs> Still yeah. a bad episode. And <laughs> like,
3: I I can rationalize the pacing issues because of the limited time available. But I overall, I I really liked the way that a lot of these storylines ended. Like I was like, oh shit, what's gonna happen with Danny? Because that's that's where we're at in the books right now too. That left off at the same spot yep. where the books are. Um, so it was kind of, you know, it felt like natural based on the like the book pattern. Uh,
5: yeah. Yeah, I think that's why this season felt so final. Because, I mean, you're in so many areas right now. You know where the book was like, okay, this is where the yeah, books are.
3: There's a lot of crazy cliffhangers in this. Like, like Danny's gone. Sansa. John and, is dead. Yeah, John gets ki- like killed. Uh, Sansa and Theon jump from the battlements. Sam
1: goes
3: to the citadel yeah I mean that's not really a cliffhanger (laughs) yeah Yeah, crazy stuff happens yeah but yeah yeah there's you know there's yeah there's some issues too (laughs) Um, anything else about this you guys want to add
5: Uh, that's all I had that's it for me
3: All right, so Johnny what about your number two
5: my number two is the loss of Jon Snow (sighs) oh Uh yeah so it's uh, sad.
1: for the rewatch
5: it was I mean it's just one of those little shit <laughs> and he's like I kept thinking I guess my mind played that there was some sort of like oh my god what have I done like look to Ollie when they, when they kind of keep the camera on him a little bit after he does it but uh. it's not really if it's it's
3: it's it's more just sad that he had to do it, I feel like.
5: Yeah, like, it's not like, oh, shit, you know, like, when a kid breaks a toy and they wish they could, like, take it back or they'd done something, like, there's there's no yeah, remorse not. in that kid's face for what he did. Yeah, nothing. He, he, he feels very vindicated in his decision, um, and that makes it, uh, you know, again, not trying to con- condone, you know, like you were saying, you know, abuse against children or child murder, but... Yeah, I love it when he gets, <laughs> he gets his
2: up <laughs> <um-cum-ins.
5: laughs> You know, uh, I feel almost worse for uh, Alistair whenever he gets hung than I do Ollie. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, because I don't, I can't remember. I don't think Alistair stabs him in the novel, but I can't remember or not. It's oh, snappy.
3: While. I can't remember
5: either.
1: John gets stabbed think, six times in this scene.
5: I think uh, Alistair, yeah, but there's a whole like crew of other names from the book that I can't remember of people that stab him. Yeah. Uh, cause I mean, this is a while back, but uh, I think Alistair was sent somewhere else in the books. And, oh. I, and I think it's a cliffhanger too, almost like I, but I can't remember. It's, I need to reread them.
3: Yes, in A Dance with Dragons, John sends Alistair ranging up north beyond the wall with Dywin and a couple other rangers. And uh, after that, we haven't heard anything yet.
5: So, obviously, whenever we get a new book, if and when ever, <laughs> the yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be, he's not part of the mutiny at that point. So, I think that's really, you know, because he kind of led it in, in the show. Totally. It's so, so kinda- fucked
3: up how just like elaborate the ruses to like this right. lie that they've concocted and the whole setup outside and
5: Benjamin. yeah all these yeah. people prepared the guy to, hasn't like, been mentioned since like season one so you see like i mean i fell for it and again i'd already read all the books up to that point but i still when they're <laughs> like because you don't know what the show's gonna go right totally. like uncle Benjamin, i'm like oh man fuck what that's oh traitor get,
1: i get goosebumps every time i see that sign traitor and john like slowly turns around it's like as if he knows once he turns around he's dead yeah he's Yeah. like shit maybe i can
5: because they're not
1: going to stab him in the back but yeah. now they have him surrounded
5: and i think we've said this before and it might be on i think it's on we all when y'all done the history thing but it's just so like reminiscent of caesar, caesar. yeah totally. it's just you know and ollie being brutus, brutus or whatever yeah. it
4: to ollie
5: yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's a uh, I i try to put myself in the mind you know of not knowing what's going to happen when i was doing the rewatch kind of because you know you got that 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 but i could not push that shot out of my head of like his chest with that scar on it where ollie hit him and his you know his body's been all cleaned by melisandre like yeah that every time he got stabbed it's like that would flicker in my mind when i was watching it Same It's like here, my mind was naturally like doing like a coping mechanism as it was <laughs> happening like
1: it's okay he's gonna be it's okay. all right he's gonna wake up soon
5: that's you know hilarious. the future you have seen it <laughs> it's so sad but that that was a uh, that's that's pretty much it i mean uh
1: it's amazing how long he stays standing.
5: Yeah, all those stabs and he oh, just like, takes it.
3: Uh.
1: Six six stab wounds and he's still standing and then well he stands up until the fifth and then he falls and then Ollie stabs him in the heart for the well, sixth.
5: The directors had him fall so he'd be at the right height to be stabbed by Ollie. As long <laughs> as he fell.
1: He's like, he's like, and you too, Ollie. I don't Part know. Jon Snow's not that tall.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's really not. Apparently, uh, I remember
1: Dave and I we watched this live, and I just looked at him. I was like, I don't know how there could be a, a show without Jon Snow. In right? It. Yeah. If I didn't know like, that he was
3: coming back, like I was saying, this loss would be too great to bear, man. Like it's too fucking. Oh, too and brutal. I mean.
5: Even even my wife, Amy, looked over at me like I remember she I think it had like a pillow all like clutched up in her chest, a tear eyed and and I was like I, I that that's where I'm at too. Like with the books. <laughs> like yeah. I can't give I don't know.
1: <laughs> I was like in the fetal position. <laughs>
5: crying. Yeah.
3: For this in the books and for when Tyrion, when when you think Tyrion is dead, when he gets yep. dragged under by the stone men, I remember hearing people about like, hearing about people like throwing their books across the room, <laughs> you know?
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no.
3: Nice. Oh, those books are so good. I need to read them again so bad.
5: Yeah, it's been a while since I've had a, uh, uh, Roy DeTrisse's voice. I need to re-listen oh, to him at work. Yeah. Big so, time. uh side tangent. I wonder who's going to narrate the next two.
3: I know, I know. <laughs> It'll be very interesting. I I I would be down with Harry Lloyd doing it. Yeah. He did the Duncan Egg Novellas. That's probably going to be the right choice then. Cuz yeah, he was uh, he played Viserys on the show, you know. But I I think I thought he did a pretty good job with that. But then again, it that that old like you know that voice that Roy Dotrice had doing all like the, the
5: like older characters oh the, yeah dude the grind and, it, in and, their voices. and the women and everything yeah like the guy's just a master voice actor uh, narrating
3: yeah uh, he has a Guinness record for a Game of Thrones book one for doing like two hundred thirty five voices in it or something like that for different characters
5: what really
1: yeah, that's totally. crazy
3: wasn't he in the show yeah he was he played pyromancer Haleen, the
1: pyromancer who
3: hands the, right. the the pyre the uh, the wildfire to Tyrion,
5: yeah, or whatever. Uh, I remember that he did a cameo. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know that was him when I was watching it. I remember it was pointing it out to me afterwards. He
3: was originally supposed to play Maester Pycelle, dude. Oh, or uh, you know, Grand Maester Pycelle.
5: Yeah, and that'd been kind of cool. But it's kind of hard not to see. Julian uh, Glover, Pycelle. yeah, as yeah, because he, he's so good, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know,
3: we would have had it with Roy, D- Roy D'O-Tries the whole time, and we would, you know, we would have loved it that way too. But the way it ended up was fine.
5: Yeah, especially when he jumps out of that bed and like cracks his back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just hear the music from Honest Trailers every time
5: yeah
3: fucking <laughs> great so but it, this scene is so brutal man stabbing just over and over for the watch for the watch and I'm like oh for the rewatch
5: for the right. rewatch
3: I'll suffer for the rewatch
5: yeah for the rewatch uh, brutal that's it for my number two
3: and that's all I have for that scene too anything else you want to add Rachel
1: no it's so sad
3: yeah, definitely. So, my number 2 was Frank and Gregor, which yeah. I just nice. fucking love that that whole part. Uh it's he just picks her up like nothing and he's just like, you know, I got this. <laughs> you
5: know, it's so cool. I like his uh his freaking armor later on too, the Queen's Guard oh, Armour. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, he's just so wicked of a character. Yeah,
3: he's I love it. Oh that yeah, that Queen's Guard, that helmet so freaking cool. And I mean it's it's great in this scene too, like the bright gold armor and he's yeah. just so monstrous. It's crazy.
5: Imagine if he would have been in the Rainbow Guard. <laughs> 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 Renly would have been unstoppable.
2: <laughs> oh man.
5: Like uh, like a tie-dye cloak
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just
5: massive a
1: pot of gold on his cloak <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's
3: hilarious oh. i hadn't thought of that before a pot of gold at the bottom of the cloak that'd be pretty cool <laughs> uh,
5: anyway sorry. so uh
3: in the in the books we question whether or not he even has a head because <laughs> you just you just see like shadows when you look through the in through the helm right something like well, that
5: yeah, something, and they don't call him uh, the mountain in the books. So he's uh, right. He's some Sir, Sir
3: Robert Strong.
5: Sir Robert Strong, but That's everybody it.
3: knows he's the mountain. But the mountain's right. quote unquote dead, and they send his head to Dorne. Right. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. So yeah, we we're, we're all like, we know it's Gregor though.
5: Yeah, and it's the same actor not too. Be? Yeah, totally. That's
3: cool. Oh yeah, in on the show, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, they don't make any attempt to hide his identity on the show. I don't think. No, <laughs> so cool. But like all the veins around his eyes, and he just like looks like purple and undead or something. Ugh. What do you guys think is yeah. going on with his status? Is he alive? Is he dead? Is he a white? Is he?
5: He's a zombie all day long. Yeah, resurrected.
1: I think he's like Frankenstein.
5: That's be- I mean he he's <laughs> I mean Kyburn's a necromancer, right? I I think he's a necromancer that's came into his own. Like that's his first like, real attempt at it working. You know, him studying the dwarf head and all these things, and I'm sure that's why when he sees the white, he's like, oh, man, what I can learn from this, I can hone in my craft and get even better. You know?
1: Oh, when John brings it in season seven? Right. Yeah,
3: Right, so you think Gregor did die and has been resurrected through necromancy. Yeah, I think,
5: yeah, I don't think he, like, kept him alive in some, you know, arcane renaissance-style life support. I think he really, you know, i think he died yeah and i think when whenever you see him seizing under that blanket uh in one of the other episodes i think that's I love like that part him bringing back like him pulling something from another world and putting it into him i don't i really doubt he could i think that's gonna ruin Clagain bowl for a lot of people but i don't i think if the helm was like you remember putting my face in that fire he'd be like no <laughs> <laughs> I don't great. even know who I am dude <laughs> uh, <is laughs> any, have you either of you guys ever seen White Zombie the movie uh, well, no. not the man but the, but the movie put that on your to watch list it's got White Bela Lugosi in it Oh, nice! and he's a necromancer in it nice uh, and I won't spoil anything but take a good look at the zombies that are working in the sugar mill in that show and then take a good look at Gregor next time you see him in zombie mode and All it's, right. You could definitely tell that there was some studying on, like these classic. Uh, I think because the movie came out in, like nineteen thirty three or something. That's so funny. It, it's an in ama- the music. It takes place in Haiti. It's one of my all time favorite movies. White I, I zombie, freaking love it. White zombie. I mean, it's it's where you know Rob Zombie got you know the name the name is band and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's a it's a hell of a piece of cinematic work. Damn, um, I'm writing it down. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a long movie for a black and white movie but it's it's it it holds you and it's one of Bella Gossi's best works by fucking far. radical Yeah and it's uh it's it's in the public domain so it's oh, free really? on YouTube
3: Yeah even better yeah cuz it's yeah that's awesome Yep All right so that wraps up my number dose how about your number 1 lady Rachel
1: Awesome. Um. So my number one is when Sansa and Theon escape. Nice. So, nice. Um. I do want to start where she's hurrying through Winterfell and her hoods on, and she heads upstairs to
3: get out. Right. Board through the yes. door to the lock.
1: Yes. And she. I found it was interesting that she just, like, left it dropped on the floor. Like, what the heck? Um, So she's walking by the Bolton men, and she has the candle in her hand. The camera pans over to Podrick, and he's gathering firewood and dead rabbits, and he hears screaming, and he looks down to see Stannis' army. And it's marching towards Winterfell.
3: And he just drops all that shit.
1: And he just takes off and he's <laughs> like, My lady, Stannis, Stannis Baratheon is coming. His entire army.
3: Right. And Brienne who looks hates extremely Stannis.
1: disheveled, by oh, yeah. the way.
3: Yeah, the and army looks rugged.
1: Brand's like, how do you know it's Stannis? And Podrick's like, he's, play- he's carrying his flaming heart banners from the Blackwater. I'll never forget it. And then it pans back over to Sansa and... She's approaching the broken tower, and she has a candle in her hand. And then it pans out over to Stannis, and Stannis is like, you know, put another trench here, and one 300 yards down the way. Um, we need to set up foraging parties immediately. The siege begins at sunrise, and the soldier's like, uh, not gonna happen. It's yeah, not going to be a siege, your grace. <laughs> and then
3: I'm wondering Stannis. how many of those fucking riders that come over the hill there. How many of them are the the cell swords that just abandoned Stannis and joined the Boltons instead?
2: Oh, oh my god! Coming at him with his own horses
3: I never about
1: and shit. That. I didn't even. They're think like, about listen, that. we'll
3: do the job for half, you know, half price for you. Uh, we got him, you know, we got all his fucking horses and shit. We'll just run over, right over him, but just let us crash at Winterfell for the fucking winter and don't kill us, please. <laughs>
1: Oh my god! I didn't even think about that.
3: And then the uh, then the Bolton army is just completely unharmed because the cell swords do all the work. I don't know. I just you know had this thought going through my head.
1: And the look on Stannis' face when this happens is just, I to me, it's a combination of surrendering, but also stepping into what he's been talking about this entire time was just moving forward and just going to battle that's why he's there
3: right and but, yeah from what, from what i saw we'll get into this a little bit later when we talk about earlier Stannis stuff but he just lost his daughter he just lost the red woman he lost his army like you're saying wife? johnny his, he got crippled his legs taken right out from under him metaphorically before literally and he's right now he after especially after the red woman bailed on him and shit he just wants to fuck some shit up he's like we're yep. going forward i'm you know i'm about to I'm, fucking hack and slash motherfuckers
5: well think about it you're when someone loses everything and if they give up and they're ready to you know i guess end it all right how, I mean, suffocate yourself slit your wrist take a bunch of drugs or go out in a blaze of gore you know glory with all your comrades and freaking just cut shit up i mean yep. that's You know that's probably why he survives as long as he does because he's just pure berserker mode that whole time. Adrenaline, he just wants to kill, kill,
3: kill, kill. Oh man, it's fucked up. Sorry to cut you off there.
1: That's okay. Um, so it pans back up to Sansa and she's up in the Broken Tower and she's looking down at the battle and what a view oh i know and you just all of a sudden it's kind of quiet and then all of a sudden you just hear this uproar of screaming and metal clinging together and
3: stannis's army is just being surrounded
1: oh yeah big time i love that aerial shot of the bolton army coming towards and like every other row of horses like goes out further than the row next to them and it's yeah. super cool looking and
3: sansa is just like horrified like i mean how many times has she looked down from this tower and everything and first of all seeing war outside winterfell walls has got to be you know kind of traumatizing second of all her hope stannis which you know littlefinger is like stannis will arrive and take over winterfell you know and everything like that and her, yeah. she's watching her hope be destroyed this yep. is okay. her exit strategy yeah it's so brutal
1: and they're getting just completely slaughtered so then it cuts to um all of the slaughtered men and the banners and the uh, dead horses and
3: that scene where stannis draws his sword though
1: oh yeah So oh, fucking
3: yeah. Epic, awesome epic. the riders epic, come epic. over the hill and everybody's just watching and he just Pulls his sword out, and then everybody just draws their swords. And Dennis looks so fucking badass, dude. Something about that armor with like the plates going down, like from the chest to through the ab area, it just looks super cool. It makes him look kind of like Iron Man or something.
1: Yeah, Yeah. we've talked about his armor before, and I have to agree. It's it's really cool armor.
3: Yep, there's just little to no leg
5: protection. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, it's, he's not covered in plate. He doesn't have no mystical leg protection either. <laughs>
3: yeah, and, yeah, no wards, no blood magic wards, <laughs> or anything like that.
1: So I know we covered this scene a little bit earlier with Johnny. Um, you know, when he's hobbling and fighting the men and he kills the men and he... Kind of resigns himself to laying up by a tree. And he looks over, and you don't see anybody, but you can hear someone approaching. And then you hear him say, Bolton has the women fighting for him. And instantly you know, right even before it pans over, that it's It's Brianna Tarth.
3: Who hates Stannis?
1: I do not fight for the Boltons. I'm Brienne of Tarth. I was Kingsguard to Renly Baratheon.
3: And at that moment, he like right when she says that, the camera cuts back over to him, and he sort of has a look of realization because he he was the you know the, the shadow. It was when he was asleep. He's doing controlling it through a dream, I think.
4: Oh. And so he
3: was seeing what the shadow was seeing. He would have in this bit, moment
4: recognized her
3: yeah remember seeing brienne with renly as he's doing the deed wow yeah that's why i am assuming that's why he confesses because he's like you know the truth already like you we saw each other you know
1: wow i didn't even realize that yeah so she um
3: yeah it, he has like this moment of recognition and his face kind of like pales a bit you can like it, it's just really crazy he's like oh shit like this moment of realization
1: huh. got it that's crazy yeah, she's like oh, i was crazy.
3: there when he was murdered by a shadow with your face and she's just like you murdered him with blood magic and he's just like you saw it I'm like yep i did it i did. <laughs> And I, think, I did it. Yeah. That's that moment where like everything is coming into perspective. I think from him, he's seeing everything from a new lens lens. Like if it's not, if it wasn't for the ultimate victory and saving the, the world, like what was all this blood magic for that? Everybody's been telling me is evil this whole time. You know, it was just evil. It was no, wasn't for any greater good. I'm about to die. <laughs> <sighs> huh.
1: It's rough. Yeah. So Brianne, you know pulls her sword a little bit out to show the valyrian steel
3: so badass the half unsheathed
2: <laughs> yeah
1: of a sword called Oathkeeper, keeper and yes. she vowed that she would get vengeance on stannis for killing renly so yes. she goes into her in the name of renly of house baratheon first of his name rightful king of the andals and the first men lord of the seven kingdoms and protector of the realm i brienne of tarth sentence you to die yeah. Do you have any last words?
3: He looks fucking dumbfounded at this. Like not only like ha- has his legs been cut out from underneath him and all. He's that. He's being
1: killed by a woman.
3: Yeah, being killed by a woman. But this thing that he did so long ago at this point is coming back around full circle, and he killed Renly, and karma. now Renly's yeah. death is coming back to kill him. Yeah, he
1: got insta karma, and later. <laughs> yeah, he's
5: not defeated by the Boltons. He's defeated by Rinley. Right. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Both
1: crazy. of them, really, because he crushed the Boltons, crushed the army, and yeah, Brianne crushed his face.
3: <laughs> he just looks fucking dumbfounded at this moment. He's just like, wow, this is surreal. <laughs> it's crazy. I think yeah. Stephen Delane's performance here is just fucking brilliant. Like yeah. this whole episode is just so good.
1: So then we cut over to crazy psychopath Ramsey.
3: Yeah. Bran swings the sword and then it cuts to Ramsey swinging a sword <laughs> and a cool transition. Yeah.
1: Um, and he goes, looks like we're done here. And then he hears one more survivor. I surrender. I surrender. And this is how, you know, how fucked up Ramsey is. He's oh, like, yeah. and I accept your surrender Bing! right in the back. It's like, and like that twist and that look of craziness on his face it's just intense
3: yeah it, of course it, it's like so Ramsey for him to just be going around and brutally murdering all the stragglers just to, for the fun of it you know like that's so Ramsey
5: uh, I had this in my notes but it, it'll fit in right here why would Ramsey not seek out Stannis' body at that point you know what I mean
3: yeah good question
5: like uh, well, well it maybe looks he like did maybe we just didn't see it you know yeah, I mean the way the, the timelines line up in this. But I mean with the way Santa runs off though, and the way he returns, I mean he had to run up into the trees and then come back to the battlements. It's it's kind of I'd I always thought that was kind of odd, but I didn't think about it too much until obviously when I rewatched the whole series and then rewatched this again for this episode. I was just like, he's just one of those people it just seems like he'd want that guy flayed in his courtyard. <laughs> Yeah. And I find he's it interesting it the that they
1: just don't show it altogether. Why didn't right. they show <laughs> an actual image of him dying? There's like
3: speculation that he's still alive, of course.
1: Yeah.
5: Oh, and she hits the tree instead and, like, lifts him up to his feet. Come with me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We can't tell nobody until season eight.
1: Come with me if you want to
5: live. (laughs) Come with me if you want to live.
3: Get to the chopper. It will take you to Essos
4: for safety. We'll pretend you're dead over here. It will be okay. (laughs) To Essos. Get
5: to uh, the dragon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so then it cuts back over to Sansa, and she's hurrying back to her chambers, because as we just heard Ramsay say, let's head back. My wife must be lonely. Oh
3: God, what a creep. And
1: she knows that her time is short, and that someone might recognize her, and so she heads up the stairs quickly, trying to get back to her chambers, and she sees one of the Bolton men, so she does a total 90 degree swooping turn and doubles back. And she rushes up through the door, and she turns the corner looking behind her, and she turns around, and Miranda is sitting there with a bow drawn right to her face. So brutal. And Miranda is just as crazy as Ramsey, if I'm not.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely.
1: She's my lady. I have come to escort you back to your chamber. And Breek is like, go with her!
5: Freak. <laughs> uh, reek. Reek.
3: It rhymes with weak. He's so weak in that, like, you know, at least right at this moment.
1: And Sansa's just like, God, fuck. Like, I know what Ramsey is. I know what he's going to do to me. If I'm going to die. Let it happen while well, there's still some of me left.
3: Die. Who said anything about dying?
1: Oh no, no, no! Yeah. You're not gonna die. Oh, it's
3: gonna be so much worse.
1: You're gonna be fucking tortured. Yeah. Except for your lady bits, you're gonna be fucking tortured. Ugh.
5: So, Rachel, do you think that if she would have said, got a cross or, or an arrow off in her arm, that Ramsay would have just came back and smiled like evil Frodo, or do you think he would have done something to her for doing it? I think he would have hurt her. Or oh, worse.
1: I absolutely. Hurt
5: Miranda. Yes. I mean, I know, I, he lurk, I know he loves her and everything, but in that moment, like right now where he's at with Sansa, I mean, it's not Miranda he's thinking about out there on the battlements. You know, oh, interesting. He's, he's sickly in love with Sansa, like twistedly in love with her. Yeah, he's yeah. like infatuated with her. And, you know, and he has no problem rubbing that Miranda's face in the other episodes. Right. So if he would have came back... And there she is in her room and he walks in like, what happened to your arm? You know, like if he doesn't see Miranda first or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think he might have punished Miranda. Maybe not harshly.
5: Cut her arm off or something. But I
1: think he would have probably punished her because we know that when when Ramsey finds Miranda, he feeds her body to the dogs, like instead of burying her, setting her body on fire
3: oh yeah. shit I forgot about that he is well, he's real though.
5: well he's got attachment disorders so I mean if the dogs like consume her then he doesn't have to you know go out and visit her grave or <laughs> think about her there's there's nothing to hold on to at that point it's gone yeah, like any point. memory of her hang out with his dogs and kind of be with yeah. her again yeah. yeah hug the dog kennel Aww. master's daughter yeah. I just stepped in Miranda. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's so creepy when she says he's got incredible plans for those parts when she's talking about when she's done giving him a boy or two.
3: Yeah. What um, do you think she means? Like, Ugh, I don't even know. I want to know. Actually, I think she's making
5: that shit up.
1: Oh, totally. She's trying to scare her.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, because Sansa says straight to her face, you can't frighten me here. This is my home. Uh, and so um I think she's kind of taking her up on that bet. <laughs> like, really? Are you really not afraid of me? And she goes, Shall we wait for him to come back or shall we be- shall we begin? And Miranda's like, Oh, you're gonna leave it to me. Okay, let's begin. And she draws her arrow back. And as she goes to release it, fucking reek for the win, yeah. pushes her out of the way.
3: This is this like th- this is where Theon emerges from the reek shell. He's just he can't see Sansa get like killed. He already fucked her over and screwed over. You know, bringing Rickon. Moment. Darth all Vader the moment. Yeah, this is the Darth Vader moment. Yeah, the Emperor is about to kill Luke, and Darth Vader has to in you know intercede. Exactly, great metaphor, <laughs> yep. Johnny. You nailed it
1: totally and so theon fucking throws her off the battlements
3: just like the emperor down the shaft yep and <laughs> screaming and all yeah oh, oh i love that part she too. just
1: <laughs> plasters to the ground it's nasty <laughs> so fucked up It's
3: like a thud and a squeal combined oh Ugh.
1: Yeah. Slow and so, rotation
3: of the fall, gnarly. They
1: both kind of look over at Miranda's body and the horn blares. And we get, open the gates.
3: And, and they're just like, we got to fucking get out of here.
1: Reek slash Theon at this point, he's coming back. And they both look at each other like, well, what are we going to do? And Theon grabs her hand and they run up the wall and they climb to the very top and look down to see a pile of snow. And Theon offers his hand to Sansa. She takes it and they look at each other and there's a moment of trust there, like, Are you gonna jump? Because I'm gonna jump. Yeah, and they totally, both jump together.
3: Totally parallels when Danny grabs missandei's hand in the last episode when they think oh, they're gonna die. Oh yeah.
1: Good catch.
3: Making a connection it- with right before imminent possible death and like accepting each other. It's like a moment of re you know, like a moment of uh reconnection and like I don't know, like catharsis kind of for both of them, and
1: totally. Yeah,
3: it's pretty hardcore. It's like it's kind of a big moment. It's a similar thing too with uh, with, with Danny and Jora being reunited in the last episode, and like she was super mad at him, but they're gonna like face this crazy obstacle together. Then, yeah,
1: yeah, it's crazy that they're gonna be traveling together.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and this I, is
1: this is Sansa's start up to Castle Black.
3: Yep. I think that Sansa may have even gambled on Theon a bit there. like Oh, totally. Like she knew that he was in position to intervene with with Miranda and she just pushed the boundaries to see if Miranda would act and was hoping that Theon would snap out of it, I think. Because he's sitting there telling her like, you know, like do what she says, go with her because he cares about Sansa and he wants her to have the minimal punishment and the minimal pain. So if if he feels that Miranda is about to, you know, hurt her or something, odds are he may intervene and she bet correctly, it seems.
5: Yeah, definitely.
1: Totally. Yeah. So that's, that's my number one.
3: Nice. It's a good one. Uh, I noticed when, um, when their hands are interlocking at the end there, when they, when Theon reaches for Sansa's hand, that Theon's fingers look intact inside of his glove which ah. um, oh. in the books he's like his you know he's missing pieces of fingers and whole fingers, and you know and it, he, they they put like fake things in his gloves when he goes to um try to take moat Kalin so that people won't know that he's been as as thoroughly tortured as he has been,
5: yeah, this one they were what just pulling his nails off,
3: uh, something like that, yeah, like, yeah,
5: just oh oh God, I hate
1: that when he peels his little pinky yeah. nail off,
3: yeah. Yeah, it's it's brutal. All right, how about you, Archmeister Stitches? What do you got for number one?
5: All right, for mine, I have <laughs> number one, Too Little, Too Late. Ooh. So I have seven points in the episode that stuck out to me that coin, Too Little, Too Late. Uh, my number one of those is Marcella and Jamie. Oh. Uh, that, I think that it out of all the season finale kind of deaths um that this one probably gets overlooked a lot especially in this episode you know yeah, next call. but it is you know like her accepting him for what he is i mean it's like i know a lot of people i've read on things like you know oh she was completely okay with you know her uncle being you know or i mean her dad uh being her uncle that kind of thing and it's like i mean <laughs> at, when you're at that age and you're falling in love and love is, you know, blind and all that. But at the same time, hindsight's twenty twenty. What are you going to do about it? You can't go back and, you know, go back in the womb and try again. It's not your fault that you were <laughs> a, a product of incest, you right. know? I mean, I, I guess at one point you just got to accept it. And when she confesses that to him and basically says how proud she is to be his kid, it's just— What a
3: moment, man.
5: Oh my God. Jamie's never had
3: any fatherly moments where, like, his kids know that he's a father, you know? So it's sort of, it's like huge for him. And then it's sort of like the reverse Stannis, where Stannis willingly gives up his his child. Um, It's like cruelly played on uh, this, like, cruel joke is played on Jamie here, where he's like given his child and then she's like stripped away from him immediately. And he
5: he doesn't even get to respond to her, really. Yeah. I mean, as soon as she. She divulges all that. I mean, he doesn't get a chance to say, you know, it's all I've ever wanted, you know, you know, I you're I'm so glad you're coming. Like the conversation they would have had the rest of that ride would have been he would have came off, this is my favorite kid. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. all, <laughs> all these things. And, but I mean, it's, alas, it wasn't to be. It's interesting. The poison
3: kicks in sort of similar to similarly to the way that it does with Braun, where like you have heightened emotions and uh, your, your nose starts to bleed and then like it mm-hmm. hits. Just, I don't know, just thought that was interesting. It almost you know-
1: is like they get dizzy and their vision goes and it yeah. happens fast emotional
3: trigger though which is interesting
1: oh yeah
5: the next one i had on too little too late was stannis's fight obviously oh yeah you know i mean that <laughs> one we kind of spelled out already uh the candle in the window uh was oh, another one
3: so brutal oh god uh, where yeah and is literally caught in between two oaths yeah. you know her oath to re- avenge renly and then her oath to protect sansa and, and
1: right as she walks away right it lights up
3: yeah, and she's physically positioned partway in between Podrick, who represents one oath and the the candle in the window which represents the other oath and she's like looking back and forth. It was just very visually yep, representate, just representative yeah, of the exactly. situation.
5: <laughs> yeah. Too little, too late. <laughs> totally. Uh, Arya putting the face back. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: yeah. So
5: funny. I'm going to sneak in. I'm going to put this right here. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Busted. Uh Uh, And then, of course, Miranda trusting Reek, kind of. I mean, she's got him right there. She's so used to him being whipped. You know, like if she would have just been about you know 10 more feet away from him she would have been able to sidestep him or something mm-hmm. but she's right there and it's just too little too late he flung you over because you know you, you didn't see him as a threat in the situation
3: yeah and everybody around Miranda is being compromised by uh, Sansa you know Ramsay's been compromised by her like you said she's like infatuated with her and now Reek's been compromised by her, by Sansa yep. and yeah. picked Sansa over Miranda basically and just, uh, you know and killed her I
5: I think uh, uh, Cersei's confession comes uh, too little too late. I think (laughs) if she would have straight up confessed like right at the beginning, I don't think that the, the sparrow would have had as much time to divulge his in my eyes, maniacal plan because I I think the guy's a sadist. He just doesn't want to admit it to anybody. Interesting. Like I I think he gets total enjoyment out of what he's doing to these high Yeah, did you see the
1: look he gave her when she was naked? He was like, hey. So,
5: (laughs) if she would have spent less time, you know, trying to, you know, assert her power over the Septon and things like that, every time she walked in, like, she was just straight up tapped into Cersei mode. And as soon as confess, I wish to confess right now, like <laughs> came in there. I think I just want to see my son and like put off. Uh, I'm ready to do my trial, whatever I need to, you know, like that kind of thing, instead of being stubborn and, you know, putting, you know, prolonging it. And by the time it comes right. down to it, I'm sure that the sparrow was just counting down, like she can't take much more. And as soon as she broke, he's like, yes, got her. Yep. You know, and then he has such enjoyment in telling her, oh, this is just, you going back to your kid for a little bit while we get ready for your trial, bitch. You know? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, but you have to yeah. walk
1: naked through the streets to get there.
5: Exactly. So, you know, again, too, a little too late on the confession. And then lastly, but certainly not leastly, John's death, you know, Ugh. seeing the writing on the wall, uh, being able to, you know, sending Sam away, like seeing all the these things. Seeing the writing on the
3: wall quite literally. <laughs>
5: Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, you know, it's too late. Like it, he getting back from bringing the wildlings back, you know, coming off of hard and, and all that still being there. He didn't have time to think to, oh crap, you know, like to you know, smell a mutiny or anything like that. I right. mean, he he knew he, he, what he was doing was already upset by what little speech Ollie gave him earlier. So, again, too little, too late to save his own, you know, his own life in that moment. Yeah, pretty brutal, man. I just, I just thought that that was kind of cool that that, like, lurked over the episode, like, this, this, up, just about two minutes earlier, oh, about four feet this way, like, all these little things to just slightly would have tipped it where you would have been okay, that kind of thing. That's cool. So yeah, I like that's, it. That's cool. Yeah, I love like overarching themes. Like, why? Why didn't Jamie Jamie have some meaningful conversation with his daughter while he was still in At one of those moments off screen that we don't see. You know what I mean? Yeah, too little, like, too late. That yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, been able to uh, swoop her out of there before that bitch could, you know, kiss her. Uh, what awkward uh, kiss too?
3: Fuck man, Ellaria, she's so Cersei like in this episode. She
5: is she's yes. Cersei like period man Yeah, he's got problems but that was my my number one that's it
3: nice man that was a good one
1: so what's your number one Duncan
3: my number one is just the Stannis stuff so we'll cover anything that we haven't already covered like the start of the episode where Melisandra okay. it starts with Melisandra seeing all these icicles melting and, and she's so and excited just like smiling yeah, and bubbly and it's gonna be a great day Eh, wrong <laughs> so everyone's she, leaving yep she goes out and finds stannis she she finds him in the tent and she's like oh yeah like you know the it's working the lord of light is coming through this the the snows are melting away the way ahead is clear and he's like we ride for winterfell and she's like the the devil in his ear kind of like and you'll take it you know <laughs> like uh telling him what he wants right. to hear and everything and He a doesn't look too well, you know. And as she's talking to him, there's like these little twinges of of anger, like going across his face. And I'm thinking, oh man, at this point, I think that he resents Melisandre for making him do all these things that he's done. This Shireen, particularly, um, but views her as like a necessary evil that he's got to deal with in order to reach his destiny
5: yeah well in that moment she truly like when she sees that stuff melting like you were saying she really believes she fucking did it like Mm -hmm. she's just genuinely like i did it oh my god and we see that face later when she brings john back like oh fuck it worked right yeah it's like dude she really doesn't have much confidence in her powers except for fucking shadow babies apparently and birthing them out (laughs) i feel like until this point like like that smile was just
3: like she was like i feel like she was expecting it to work you know and she's like oh Mm -hmm. awesome it's working you know and then one by one things start going bad and it's like a whole series like a chain of bad omens for melisandra here like first of all
5: out man
3: yeah stannis is mad at her like i was saying she's talking to him like telling him what he wants to hear and and what she thinks is true also. And, and he's like flickers of flick. uh, There's like flickers of anger going across his face. And she, after she says, you know, you'll receive what is yours by right. He just like, ah, like, like she goes to hug him and he just like brushes her aside and walks away from her, like all pissed off. And she's kind of shocked by this. And the way that she's surprised by it, that tells me that she hadn't foreseen this. You know so it's like it's 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 a surprise to her and she's like oh that's this is weird you know i didn't see this head in the flames and so they go out so he goes outside and she follows him and this guy approaches and right. and says your grace and it's the guy who in the last episode when shireen was burning it it focused in on this guy's reactions a couple times as like he sort of was the one that like all of the other people's reactions were summb- summed up by his like all of the soldiers like he was like oh, oh this is fucked up you can tell that he was he was you know not liking it basically and so he's like your grace and stannis kind of you know blows him off and is saying something to somebody else telling you know instructing his army to prepare for battle basically yeah and the guy again is like your grace and that's not good you know if he he's like insistent on this obviously something is not not right so stannis is like right. you know what tell me like what the fuck's going on and he tells him that the men have deserted before dawn and again melisandre looks shocked like surprised these are these are two negative things right in a row that she didn't see coming and she's like you know amazed by it like these are she's really like, oh fuck yeah like you can tell she's really worried and stannis goes on and she's worried before they find out that nearly half the men are, are gone all the sellswords with all the horses no less like, fuck they even took the horses and Melisandra is like
1: she closes her eyes in defeat
3: yeah stannis is speechless and Melisandra, like literally yeah like you said closes her eyes uh sort of like the way that Stannis closed his eyes when he was hugging Shireen like you know defeated in what he has to do like you know no choice no options and so Stannis is like what the fuck like looking over at Melisandre like what the fuck you're you're supposed to be fixing all this shit you know yeah and uh, so then somebody else comes out of nowhere your grace and he's like what you know it it can't be worse than mutiny yeah just tell me like what the fuck is going on and the guy like kind of breaks eye contact and you're like oh shit it is worse than mutiny (laughs) something's really bad yeah so uh stannis rushes out to the woods with like anger and hurry on his face and looks up in in like rage and almost at selice swaying from the tree and the music man it's so intense. It like it's like like a still shot, like a you know the camera is dead still, and it's just her slightly swaying, super creepy. And the music is like, <laughs> and it's a it's a six to a flat six over the root, and a two to a flat two, and they're sort of like creating tension through moving chromatically through the scale, and going major to minor. And uh, Stannis, had, like, his face kind of, like, changes to almost being, like, confused and shocked and perplexed. And then he your sort grace. of tries to, like, snap back into it. And he, he just, it just, somebody, out of he's company. like, cut her cut her down, you know, this is fucked up. And somebody comes up to him, your grace. Mel- the lady Melisandre was just seen riding out of camp. And this is when, like his whole world falls apart basically. Uh. Cause she's been, you know, the, the master pulling the strings behind the, the, the curtain, basically painting the picture yeah. of his reality that he's so deluded by. And yep. when she's gone and the painting, you know, bursts into flames basically. And his wife is gone. His daughter's gone. His army's gone. Hope is gone. And now the red woman is gone he is fucking furious and he, he realizes that it's all for not everything is sort of just coming into perspective and he's, he's ready for a suicide run at this point. Yep. You know, he's just like, get the men into marching formation.
1: Basically what it is.
3: Yeah. And he, he's, you know, he's ready to die, but he also, first he wants to just fucking destroy, <laughs> you know, like we were That's saying, right. going to berserker mode. Yep. So going out
1: in a blaze of glory. Yeah,
3: he's just like on to Winterfell, you know, and they all move forward and that's the next part we see is when he, he's giving him a speech telling him like, you know, it's time to get this siege ready, basically. And uh his army is just fucked, man. It's so fucked. Yeah. I think we pretty much covered everything after that in regards yeah. to his storyline. So yeah. <laughs> Anything you guys want to add about the the Celise stuff or Melisandre abandoning him or anything?
5: I think he, uh, I think he would have killed her. So I think she made a good move.
2: <laughs>
3: totally, oh, he would have totally killed her.
5: He was that already choking her to death before. So, Marge yeah, she
1: made it. She episode, made it so. right. A she solid like, move.
3: Damn, that's hardcore. And she like she realizes you know, as all these things are happening, the army's gone, the you know et cetera, she's realizing that the visions that she's seen must have been misinterpretations, but she does know that she has seen herself atop of the battlements of Winterfell after a great battle in the snow, so she's just like, "I gotta get out of here because I this know is that not I'm the gonna great live, battle, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is not the battle, like I gotta just." try to find my way back to the path. Uh, But she is just destroyed by this because she was equally as deluded as Stannis was.
5: Oh yeah, definitely. You
3: know, like the, she goes back to Castle black and when John's dead also, you know, she's just like, she's destroyed. It takes her, you know, Davos has to beg for her to even try to resurrect John and convince her that, she has value still because she's about to just lay down and die she takes off the necklace in the next episode and that that is symbolic for the way that she feels like it's just like it's over for her at this point she she crawls up and you know curls up in her bed naked and old and just giving up basically and yeah Yeah. it's just I took it as
1: coming face to face with her true self to reevaluate what she's there for. Yeah,
3: that too. Totally facing reality to figure out where to go next. Yeah. Yep. By
1: far. Realign her faith or refine her faith. Cause I think her faith is lost at this point.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah. I mean, we've, we've noticed that it's gotta be her letting go at that moment when she's crawling into that bed, because she there's plenty of scenes without her with that necklace off, I mean, with the necklace, not on her and other scenes. Yeah. so it's got to be some kind of power within that she just says fuck it and let's go at that moment interesting like I, I don't care if you know some night's watchman busts into this chamber and sees me like this I mean I've I've what where am I what have I done like that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy it's totally. intense It just shows you how weak she is in that moment. Like, imagine what kind of power it takes to hold that all in and keep that all disguised and not show your true form.
1: Definitely.
3: So, uh, shall we move on to notes?
1: Yeah. Let's do it.
3: All right. Oh, I also just want to say that that partial unsheath that Brienne does is just so fucking gangster, man
1: oh yeah. yeah she's
3: like check out my valerian steel yeah. <laughs> just pulls it part way out and she's just like yeah this is yeah like you're saying check out my valerian steel stannis probably looks at it and he's like uh <laughs> yeah.
1: at least it'll be a clean quick death
3: yeah oh man stannis was so good in this episode his facial expressions and everything were just fucking perfect
1: yeah nice
3: all right so rachel what do you got for your first notes
1: my first note is up at Castle Black with John and Sam.
5: Yeah, same here. Uh, that's my first note too.
1: <laughs> nice, <laughs> awesome. John is ex- explaining to Sam what happened at Hardhome.
5: He
3: raised his hands. They yeah. all stood up at once. So fucked up.
1: Tens of thousands of them. The biggest army in the world.
3: He's traumatized.
1: Sam's like, "What are you gonna do about it?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't learn how to climb the wall.
1: <laughs> but the dragonglass, John's like, no one's ever getting that back. No one's ever going over there again. Yeah.
3: And it yeah. wouldn't have even made a difference unless we had a mountain of it.
1: Oh, yes. I caught that too. This is in my notes. So just a couple episodes ago, Stannis told Sam that there's a, a ton of it on Dragonstone. And now John is hinting that they're going to need a mountain of it. And then, of course, we know in season seven, the steamy cave.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, Um, Sam's like, wait, I don't get it. You killed a White Walker. And he goes with Longclaw. Right. I saw them shatter steel axes like they were glass. But Longclaw, Sam's like, it's made of Valyrian steel how many valyrian swords are left in the seven kingdoms
3: (laughs) not enough (laughs) classic response yeah Yeah. not enough uh i was wondering like what do you think it is about valyrian steel that makes it so it can stand up to the white walker's weaponry and then i had a thought that the white walker's weapons are they're like ice they're made with ice magic right whereas valyrian steel is forged with dragon fire which is fire magic so they're equal oh. and opposite, and would be able to hmm. withstand each other. Basically,
5: That's I cool. love it. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah,
3: because people are have, have speculated about it before that maybe the reason why the White Walkers are killed by dr- the uh, Valyrian steel is maybe that it's made with dragon with the dragon glass in it or something like that, which is also oh. possible. But it's it's definitely made with dragon fire, and that's right. fire magic.
1: Yeah. I think it's probably more plausible that way.
3: Agreed. So it's interesting that it it's like equal to the ice magic weapon, but it overpowers the ice magic of the White Walker itself and kills the White Walker. Hmm. Yeah. The, the plot thickens.
1: <laughs> Very interesting. You need to think some
3: more about this.
5: Everything always boils down to fire and ice.
3: Yeah, totally. And while we're talking about what Valyrian steel is made of and things like that, there's a real good episode of the podcast, uh, Radio Westeros. I think it's episode eight, The Long Night. And they dig deep into all this crazy theorization about the reasons for the long night and things about the long night and what makes Valyrian steel and what Azor High did for his blade. And just a really cool episode with lots of factoids and neat speculation about things like this worth listening to. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. So John's like, there's not enough Valyrian steel swords at <laughs> all.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: And then he's shaming himself. He's like, I'm the first Lord Commander to sacrifice the lives of sworn brothers to save the lives of wildlings. Like, and it was a failure, essentially.
3: Mm. How does it feel to be friends with the most hated man in Castle Black? (laughs) It's cool, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like, we've always been friends.
5: That's what I have in my notes. Uh, Well, my one note for the scene is John letting Sam go. They're best good friends. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> best mean, good
2: friends.
3: Yeah, that, my
5: best good friend.
3: John, <laughs> John looks so fucking sad when Sam is riding off there. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. He's like, he's like on the verge of tears like bromance is getting broken up.
5: You set it free and it comes back, well.
3: <laughs> oh man, so funny.
1: Yeah, so... um Sam tells John, "You know, I wanted to ask you something. You really should send me and Gilly and the baby down to Old Town so I can become a master. I'm meant to be a master. I'm not meant to be like a fighter, essentially."
3: I think he's been thinking about it since telling Gilly about the Citadel a couple episodes ago.
1: Yeah, me too. I have that in my notes. I think Gilly kind of planted that seed for him, and you know. Sean's like, no, dude, I need you here. Um, Sam's like, well, you have Ed.
2: <laughs> Ed's cool. <laughs>
1: um, I'll be more use, used to you as a maester, especially now that Maester Raymond's gone. And I love that sentiment. He's like, this is my perfect opportunity to step into a role of the Night's Watch that right. I can actually, you know, be of good service to.
3: Right. Combine like what he's stuck with, with just being in the Night's Watch with what he wants, which is being a maester because the Night's Watch needs a maester.
1: Exactly. And, you know, Sam's right. If Gilly stays here, she's going to die. We're all basically going to die up here.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: It's also to like honor Maester Aemon too, which is cool.
1: Totally. And John's like, you know, they're going to not allow you to have women at the Citadel, too. And he's like, they can bloody try. And (laughs) John's like, oh, Sam.
3: What's with this new enthusiasm? (laughs) Has something changed?
1: (laughs) How did you do it? Very carefully. (laughs) 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 I'm glad the end of the world is working out for someone. And I love it. Sam goes, I'll come back. And John raises his glass to your return.
3: Yeah, and then they leave in there and it's and so sad yeah Sam does a pretty good job of convincing him there and he's like oh fine you know you, you can go that's another thing that like a plot development that happens really fucking fast Yeah, within one episode Sam's like maybe I should be a maester and John's like bye Sam you know and he's just <laughs> gone in the books he doesn't
5: want to do it I don't think yeah I think it's, it's John's opposite. idea in the books yeah yeah. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, because I think his uh, his father beat him with like maester chains or something like that. They'd said in the books.
3: Yeah, Sam's like he always he wanted to be like a wizard and a maester, but he's just like so traumatized. I think <laughs> by by his dad's brainwashing that he's like,
1: oh, oh no, John, don't send me. <laughs> I don't. I can't see the maester chains.
3: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, so that was my first note.
3: Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So what's your uh, what do you got next, Johnny?
5: Uh really? That was it. We covered most of my other ones during the uh, the top three.
3: Cool. So next, I have Marin Trant. Yes. In bravos.
1: I can't believe this was in none of our top three.
3: Yeah, I know, right?
1: I thought for sure it would be in one of your top three. <laughs>
3: it's just nobody wants to like think about this or talk about you know, like the, the little girl stuff probably so that's why yeah, you know? yeah. like the, i hate this scene yeah it's pretty fucked up
5: even the justice later you know like uh, like with his eyes being stabbed out and so brutal like tarantino kind of fashion
3: yeah seriously that was, this is
1: definitely style. for the rewatch moment for me oh yeah it was brutal
3: yeah. So Marin is like, he's got three little girls in front of him and he's just like beating them. And there's, you know, we got close ups of their faces when they're like sc- screaming and crying, which is just so fucked up.
1: And then so he starts, so hard to watch.
3: Yeah. Then he starts beating on Arya, and she's taking it like a champ, man. Like she is. And the girls not even look over reacting. at her
1: and they're like, what? She, she's
3: <laughs> absorbing blows like a true G. And, uh, he's just whipping her and whipping her. And the other girls are like, Oh my God, like this is crazy. And luckily he, Marin sends the other two girls away, you know, you two out. So thankfully, Arya basically saved these girls from more torment by catching his eye, essentially.
5: Yeah, definitely.
3: So he continue he like punches her in the gut and like, she has, like, the, the Samwell Tarly moment from a couple episodes ago when he stops Gilly's rape when he's, like, down on the ground and he gets slowly stands back up. And, you know, so Arya does that same thing here. She, like, slowly gets back up. And Maron's like, what the fuck is going on here? But as she's getting up, she reaches up and starts messing with her face. And Maren's like, what the fuck is she doing? And she jumps up and she like looks up quickly and it's Arya and he's like oh god it's that girl and she pulls out a dagger and jams it right in his <sighs> eye so hardcore and he's just like oh my god what the fuck and then she jams his other eye out and uh he's just like screaming and he he he, gra- he tries to grab her and he stabs her she stabs him like five times in the chest like Jon snow style and cuts <laughs> around the back behind him and like is holding on to him and, uh, you
1: were the first person on my list, you know.
3: Yeah, and he's like,
1: "What the fuck?" <laughs> for killing Sirio Farrell, remember him? And I love it that she kills Sir Marin Trant in Bravos yes. as revenge for her Bravosi Water Dancer. Yeah, for yeah. sort
3: of the Sea Lord of Bravos. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. And she has another funny line. I've gotten a few of the others, but the the many faced go- God stole a few more from me. I'm glad he left me you do you know who I am and she's got like her Heisenberg moment here (laughs) I can't
2: hear you you.
3: stabs him again you know who I am Arya Stark say it Heisenberg (laughs) yeah say my name (laughs) say my name love that and uh, a look of surprise you know flashes across Mirren's face kind of and she's she pulls out his gag, and she's like, "You know who you are," and he's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. "And it's like that sort of Cersei thing to, again here, where she's so despicable that you like like seeing her like flailing and you know down kind of." I think that's what they were going for with this scene too, where Marin's just been so awful the whole time that you're like, you're like, yeah, finally. But it's just so brutal at the same time. It carries
1: on a little long.
3: Yeah, it's like it it exceeds the point of where you're enjoying the revenge to the point where it's like, ooh, you know, this is a it's little becoming much, a little like. like yeah, kind totally Tarantino up. style. Same thing with the way with Cersei, like, you're like, yeah, she's naked and revenge. And then you're like, oh, oh I don't want to be looking at these boobs. You know, that's boobs. same thing here. You're Like, yeah, Arya is going to get revenge on Maren. And Then you're like, oh, God, like this is, this is really fucked up. So he, she's like, you know who you are? And he's like, oh, and she says, you're no one. You're nothing. And I thought that was interesting use of the word. No, the words, no one.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: like, yep. it's sort of like sacrilegious to the many faced God to call
5: this person that you like are reviled by no one, you know. It's because it's she doesn't care about the many faced God. Exactly. She never has. I mean, it's it's always I think she cared more about. I mean, the scene, this this episode really shows it. It was uh, it was just more about, you know, him being rescued and when he was in that cage. and Right. Her having attachment to something in the wake of her loss of her father, just like she semi had to the hound.
3: Mm-hmm. And I, um, I wouldn't say she doesn't care about the many faced god. She doesn't care about becoming no one for sure.
5: Right. But she, yeah. I would
3: say she does worship the god of death. <laughs> yeah, yes! but I think
5: she sees it more as a tool than like a religious thing. Right. It's right. Like, right. This is what I need to get what I. It's a means need to, to do an for end for my revenge. Yeah.
3: The no one process. Yeah, definitely.
5: Right. It's Agreed. like people that use religion to get what they want I think more. Not that they don't believe in it but they still don't mind using it as a tool for their own gain.
3: Definitely. Then she fucking slowly slits his throat like, uh, sort of like the way Catelyn got her throat slit at the Red Wedding. Yeah. yeah. Just like, right across and
1: Very intense.
3: Yeah, and he just like, uh, drops.
1: <laughs> and she just stands there like ha.
3: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So then she, she's Creeping back into the <laughs> the house of black and white, like you're saying, Johnny, sneaking home yep. up, up the stairs after she's after she got drunk, and you know, like you're sneaking back into your house in high school or something. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the door latch like squeaks too much, and mom. Like opens up you know, turns on the hallway light. Where have you been? Yeah, right as she's putting the the mask. I've been on up wall. all night
1: waiting for you. Yeah. Couldn't you have texted me yeah. or called me? Exactly.
3: A girl has taken a life. <laughs> the wrong life. Creeping in the darkness is so fucking creepy. <laughs> and uh they grab her and they're like, you know, that life wasn't yours to take. Now you owe the many faced god a debt. You stole from him, basically. And jockin holds up, you know, the the waif's holding her mouth, and it looks like they're going to dump the vial in her mouth. And instead, jockin drinks it himself and falls over dead immediately. And she's, you know, he's like, you know, only death can pay for life. And Arya thinks she's going to die, but then no, it's jockin who falls to the ground dead, and Arya freaks out. You know, like no, 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 she's like, don't die. Attachment disorder. Yeah, yeah. And the waif is like, why are you crying? (laughs) like what he was my friend no like haven't you been listening to anything he was no one and all of a sudden the waif is jockin and aria's like what the fuck and she turns around and jockin's standing there and then jockin's dead on the ground so there's two of the face simultaneously so it's not like these are just faces that they cut off and then like wear like masks the fact that we see two jockins at this moment yeah is like a hint that there's something magical happening oh totally you know so aria's like what the fuck and reaches down and starts trying to pull off um you know or she, she's like what the fuck like but if you're jock and then who's that and and he's like no one at all you know like <laughs> just as a girl should have been before she took a face from the he hall. looks really
1: funny in the waif's dress too by yeah, the way that's
3: hilarious yeah it's like a little <laughs> too small and so Arya starts pulling faces off from this body one by one. And it's so trippy. And just like the, the special effects are so cool here. I'd love to know how they did it. Definitely. And uh, eventually she pulls it off. And, you know, and Jockin is talking in the background, the faces hood for no one as she's pulling mm-hmm. them off, pulling them off. You are still someone. And she pulls off another one. And to someone. The faces are as good as poison. And she pulls off one last face to reveal herself. And she's like, oh my God. And obviously, there's more magic happening here because her face never got cut off. You know?
1: No. And Jockin's still alive, too. And we see his face.
3: Yeah. Yep. Al- although, in the books, when she, the first time she takes another face, there's some type of medical procedure that happens.
1: Oh.
2: Yep
3: i also want to note
1: too before we get too far away from sir Marin's death sure is the girl that she borrows the face yeah the girl she is that's the little girl that she poisoned in the house of black and white
5: the terminal ill girl from earlier yeah
1: right
3: her first like um house of black and white kill
1: yeah so i just i forgot to make that note while we were there
3: nice good yeah good catch I remember you pointed that out when we were covering that episode too. I, yeah. I hadn't realized it. It's killer. So um, th- I thought that this was interesting. The faces are as good as poison to someone. And then she starts going blind and it seems like it's like a side effect from having worn one of these faces. That's the implication is that
1: without being a many face, right. a, if you're, if a you're faceless not, man.
3: Yeah. If you're not, no one, the faces are poisonous basically. So she's like suffering a physical repercussion from, from doing this. So this made me think, you know, <laughs> this is tinfoil area and it's, I'm going to say right off the bat, it's probably not the case on the show, but remember the Arya gets stabbed in the gut. And then we think she kills the waif when, after that whole Terminator two chase sequence, yeah. And uh <laughs> you know when the waif uh, T1000 is like chasing after her <laughs> and yeah and she tricks her in the dark room she cuts out the candle and then potentially kills the waif. We see her go back to Jockin and she's like I'm Arya Stark and I'm going home or whatever like you said and Jockin's like yeah cool you know that's fine. Um so the next time we see her is when she kills Walder Frey. So I'm wondering if she's not no one You know, and she's someone, she's Arya Stark, when she kills Walder Frey, did she suffer from more physical side effects afterwards? Like, did she go blind again, for you know, temporarily? If not, it may indicate that Arya is not actually Arya, that it could be the Waif impersonating Arya, for instance, or something like that.
5: Oh my goodness. But, um, I think we talked about this, I thought maybe last time I was on, about, uh, about the waif possibly being a fray
2: oh. like that being that house that was,
5: the house that she was because the house that she kind of describes to aria earlier on when she first gets the house in black and white like right uh, and then was i
3: lying it, was any of that true
5: right exactly like she which you're getting, could have all been a lie but it seemed like she uh described like house Frey perfectly and the I mean, right. And, and the animosity like her, she
3: feels towards Arya is like, you know, resembles the way Frey's feel towards Starks.
5: Correct. And the her physical features are in line very a lot Frey-like. with all those girls that are lined yeah, up. Very in front of Rob. Yeah, very plain. Rob. Yeah. And, um, so, and if that was the case and she
3: harbors resentment towards Arya for being a Stark because she's afraid, then she's no
5: better than Arya. She's still someone as well. And she's
1: still someone. Correct. Yeah, totally.
5: But by that token, I can't see her crawling back to the twins to slit her great grandfather, grand uncle or someone's. Throat. I mean that that was true. Arya revenge and that yeah exactly
3: and everything like running into Nymeria and still like you know right it's Arya
5: Nymeria would just straight up ripped her fake face off yeah exactly
3: so yeah like I was saying um before I went into that theory I was like you know it's it's not true but I I thought it was interesting it could be like like a
5: slip up that they didn't there's a bunch of merit behind like that or online like a lot of people don't believe that. Aria
3: is Arya right yeah it's so pretty, I mean yeah. I can
5: see and at least that like the way you just explained it gives it a lot more you know justification right. than people just saying that the waif showed back up after her and Arya showdown you know because obviously where did her stomach wounds magically go
3: yeah and if the faces are as good as poison for someone then every time that Arya uses a face she would have like suffer Afterwards, from some type of ailment or something like that, like she'd be, you know, she'd have to I deal wish, with something.
5: That would have been so cool. Like, when she came back with like the uh, the waif's face, if she would just kind of limped <laughs> in to, towards that pool and took a drink from it and then lived and like, oh, that's like the oh, mini face god healed her stomach wounds or Damn. something like that.
3: Um, yeah, that would be cool. Like, for no that one. Would have, it's, exactly. like, it's like the faces are poisonous for someone, like the pool is poisonous for someone, but for no one,
5: it's it, it heals you. <laughs> it heals you. But the uh, it's it just seems that if she was going to, like if they would have just given the viewers some sort of like something like that, that would have just been so awesome to like dispel all these almost Star Wars-like analytical people. Like there's no way that many gut wounds, you know, the way she, you know... That all knife punctured by three
3: and a half inches into her sternum and right.
5: <laughs>
3: she would need internal stitches at four
5: different levels. To <laughs> right. And even if the actress did do all that, the, that run from Terminator Waif alone ruptured all that work back open. How does she <laughs> right. make it all the way back to the house of black and white, you know, uh, and then survive all the way, you know, I mean, so, cause I mean, she is standing pretty like uh, you know erect and comfortable after that fight when she tells you know jack and what's what what it, what the deal is who yeah, she totally. is and all that so <laughs> it's i just think that a quick little freaking side scene of her like having like that fucking bloody hog chow of a face of like the waifs in her hand and her just like <sighs> dipping her fingers in the pool that would have been like fucking epic
3: so epic yeah that would be totally really cool. great idea
5: I like it. I just do a director's cut or some kind of <laughs> yeah. bonus Johnny
3: scene. Johnny Stitches cut. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she Jockin dies, and then Arya all of a sudden can't see, and we're left wondering like, what the fuck happened there for a while. But we mm-hmm. know. Oh yeah, we know. And there's there the blind stuff. It is known. Yeah, it is known. There's <laughs> other really cool elements of that story that are in the books that aren't in the show. Things about her being blind, so I highly recommend uh, reading, reading the, the books because there's so many yeah. cool details, and we're not going to spoil those ones like really, really epic details.
5: I will say though, not to discourage anybody from reading the books, obviously never would want to do that. I think that the show did do an amazing job of making the whole black and white art, to me more interesting than the novels really like as far interesting as, yeah I'm just saying. Like I, I mean, we talked about without getting too deep into it, like the medical practice, you know, like the surgical practice and all that stuff that's in the book. And I just like this mystic, fucking magical element that yeah. the the show seems to. It just it it links more up with Melisandre and the whole idea of the many faced God, uh, and the you know the God of Death and you know the Red God and all that kind of thing. Good call. Yeah. I just I think it's it's a little bit more put together by you know Off and Weiss than I think George uh, R. Martin and and again it's not that it's it's bad in the in the book I I know I know whatever <laughs> come, come at me but uh, come at me crow it's just, it's just it's it, it's not everything I'm not saying the the series is like that I just oh, of course you know but that being said I've watched the series now including this episode three times. You know, well, this episode three times, done a binge of the whole series once and then watched it all live. I've only binged the novels once. Oh, so man. I might re listen to the novels yeah. and now I'll have the way the house of black and white looks in my head from the show when I'm reading the book and think, oh, wow.
3: Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, totally. So that's going to happen.
5: Nice. Yeah. It's
3: going to be sweet.
1: All right. Shall we move on? Yes. Yeah. Down to Dorn, perhaps.
3: Sure. Let's take a donkey to Dorn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they're at the dock, and Prince Duran to Jamie is saying, you know, I'm wishing you a safe journey home, and uh, notions to Alaria to s- say farewell. And Alaria says, Forgive me, child. I wish you all the happiness in the world. Oh, it's
3: so fucked up.
1: And kisses her. And it, it she holds the kiss a little too long and then she nods to Jamie and Jamie helps Marcella into the boat. And it's like, as a first time viewer, I did happen to notice her lipstick being dark, but I like, didn't think anything of it, you know, because I just figured she was in like a darker dress that they were just changing up her look a little bit. And I have to comment on Marcella's dress again. I love the Dornish dresses. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the Sand
3: Snakes have really cool dresses in this scene, too. Like, their outfits yeah. are like sheer and just, like, yeah, really cool.
1: Yeah, and they're backless, and they hang just on the shoulder. Like, they're just about to fall off, they but they don't. pretty
3: true to the descriptions in the books, I will say.
1: Oh, mm. cool. Yeah. Like, with the big billowy sleeves and the trains yep. and the, sh- like it's like an epic beach dress (laughs) because it's sheer and it's meant to be like in warm climates. And so, um, you know, Braun and Tyene have their little, you want the bad pussy.
3: (laughs) Yeah. People uh, (laughs) widely regard that as the single worst line in the show.
5: (laughs) Yeah. I have to uh, agree. It's like, uh, There's that scene in Batman Returns when the penguin walks into Catwoman on the bed, and he's like, (laughs) just the pussy I've been looking for, or something like that. I remember seeing that as like a little, little kid. It's hilarious. And not getting it at all. I think I was six when that came out. And then re-watching it again as a teenager, and it completely clicked. And then I was watching it the other day with my son. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's ever seen it I completely forgot about it and You're that like, line Oops. just hits and I'm like oh, I'm like, oh, oh my god, god really? but yeah it was a it was a trip like but I thought the same thing during the rewatch It fucking the, the That bad pussy, I'm like, really, really is this turning into like a softcore porn? What the fuck? Because that's (laughs)
3: another thing that's like not in the books. People were like, oh my God, like, what did you just do to the sand snakes?
5: (laughs) You just HBO fied my show. Oh, wait, it's on HBO. What did you expect?
3: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That's hilarious.
1: So they exchange and then Jamie leans over and he's like, Whenever you're ready, my lord, like. Yeah, let's get going here.
3: With Bron and Tyene, though, like it's kind of funny because Bron suggests he he throws it out there first. He's like, maybe maybe I'll come visit you
2: sometime. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. the,
3: you poisoned me. He, but li- like, you're he likes her cool, He likes you know? what he sees. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man.
1: Um, so we we talked a lot about Jamie and Marcella. So I don't think we have. I don't think I have any more notes on that scene. Do you guys?
5: no i don't have any more notes at all
1: okay
3: uh yeah nothing really for me either i don't think
1: i mean the only other thing i wanted to add was it's so like we see marcella die and then it cuts to Alaria staring at the yeah, ship and then her blood her. starts to trickle out of her nose and it's like oh my god it was the lipstick
3: yep it's
5: like why did you wait that long to take the antidote
3: Maybe she was just like she wanted to know right <laughs> when it happened, and so she waited. I guess, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like a waste though. Like, why would you let like let let the poison take such effect where like blood vessels are rupturing inside of your head?
2: <laughs>
5: you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> totally. You, know, you might want to take the antidote before that part. I cannot yeah. wait to see what they do with her in episode eight. Like, this scene made me want to see in, justice. Oh, like, in season eight. Even at the hands, yeah, at the hands of Cersei, like, we don't, I mean, we don't, last time we saw these two, they're what, in a dungeon, the daughter and the mother, and that's yeah, it? Yeah, something
3: like that. Yeah. yeah, that's right, I could, yeah. Oh, Tyene's,
1: man. Tyene got kissed by Cersei, and Alaria is chained up to watch her daughter die and decompose. Right.
3: Right. Oh, Bronn's gonna be so pissed. Uh, yeah he's gonna Sad. have to settle for a good girl
1: <laughs> so what do you have next for notes
3: oh man one of the fucking coolest scenes Varys revealing yes. himself to Tyrion.
1: yes love this is this. my next note
3: danny gone he feels safe enough to come out of the shadows <laughs> yes coming. i noted
1: that too danny's out of there so varus uh, magically appears yeah
3: Tyrion's chilling and uh all of a sudden, hello, old friend. You know, Varys just slinks out. <laughs> and Tyrion doesn't even look. He's just like, you know, uh, what does he say to him? Um,
1: I suppose there's no point in asking how you found right, me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah yeah, and, and various is like I, th- I thought we were so happy together until you abandoned me <laughs> and he, d- he yeah he doesn't realize that uh he was necessarily captured which is kind of funny he's just like what the fuck man we were having a good time you know <laughs> he just uh, dipped on me
1: yeah.
3: which is kind of funny
1: he's like little birds sing in the west little birds sing in the east if one knows how to listen
3: yeah and they tell you me you've already found favor with the mother of dragons like you're 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 well she didn't cut my head off so yeah (laughs) it's a promising start (laughs) uh
1: now the heroes are off to find her and i'm stuck here trying to placate a city on the brink of civil war
3: yeah oh man and various couldn't have showed up at a better time and also various is always talking up Tyrion. you know like boosting his confidence and helping him to be to reach his potential because various like sees this all this potential but he also sees Tyrion um as you know his his more brooding qualities like wanting to drink himself to death etc not being like super into things at this point so he needs this this confidence boost and this ego boost that various has, has provided in the past to like get him back in the mind state basically to be able to tackle this situation like you were saying he's telling him you know the 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 city's on the brink of civil war i've got to placate the whole thing and and he's like oh a grand old city choking on violence corruption and deceit who could possibly have any experience managing such a such a massive uh, ungainly beast like Tyrion? you've done this before yeah like i did miss you yeah like (laughs) exactly (laughs) he's also he has another good point you know information is key uh, you need to learn your enemy's strengths and strategies. You need to learn which of your friends are not your friends. and Tyrion has a funny response. If only I knew someone with a vast network of
5: spies: <laughs> Yes, yeah, and, uh, walking down the path, stroking each other.
3: <laughs> yeah, totally. And Various has a good point though it is it's all about information, you know information warfare is the next uh you know great battlefront. Definitely. Information, knowledge is power. It's cu- pretty killer. So, um, I thought this was the next line. Like you're walking down the path, stroking each other. <laughs> he said, this is uh, so funny. Tyrion says, I did miss you. And Varys says, Oh, I know. And what did that remind <laughs> you of Johnny? That, that must've reminded you Star of something. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I have. It's a totally a play on the, uh, the famous Leia and Han thing where as Han being, as Han Solo is being lowered into the carbonite bath, Leia's yep. like, can't stand it. And she's just like, oh, I love you.
5: I know. <laughs> and, that was, and that was an improv line. That's the beauty of that whole thing. Whoa, That's, really? That, yeah, it wasn't scripted. It was a. Uh, it was originally supposed to be, I love you, you know, and of course, I love you. And then uh, Harrison Ford improv'd it. And they were so nervous about it that George Lucas screened it in front of a few audiences, like testing it before they put it into the final cut.
3: Oh, man. that was like one of the best directorial decisions they made to use it oh
5: yeah definitely because that is
3: a classic line
5: and then they do it again in solo uh lando at the end of solo is like i hate you and he's like i know (laughs) (laughs) i gotta see that still oh so good so
3: yeah, great Star Wars reference. We got a couple in this episode. The uh, the Darth Vader moment with Theon throwing the Emperor Miranda down the shaft <laughs> off the, yeah. the walkway there.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
3: And then the, true. yeah, the great Leia and Han with Tyrion and various. Whoever wrote this episode was a Star Wars fan for sure.
5: Definitely, yeah, uh, because <laughs> these are both channeling, yeah channeling their inner Star Wars.
3: Absolutely, because these are both also two non-book moments. So these are pure, purely show creations, um, obviously influenced by Star Wars, which are awesome. Yeah. Cool. So what do you have next, Rachel?
1: I have the beautiful countryside with Danny and Drogon.
3: Yeah, he's looking. He's in pretty rough shape, huh?
1: He's in real rough shape. Poor
3: Drogon. And Danny's
1: man. kind of in rough shape too. That crisp white <laughs> yeah. dress is not crisp anymore. It is tarnished.
3: At least she's still got all of her hair though.
1: She's like dude we have to get out of here like we're up on a freaking mountaintop you have goat bones all around (laughs) you
3: yeah he's obviously (laughs) chilled here before (laughs) this is like his his little uh his his fortress of solitude
1: little spot and he's like licking his wounds and she's like i'm you know i'm so sorry my sweet thing does it hurt drogon can you take me back to Marine?"
3: I like this too because uh, Tyrion said the the dragon flew north from Marine, and north of Marine is the Dothraki Sea. So oh. if, if you know your Essos geography, it's kind of like a tip off that you may be interacting with some Dothraki coming up here.
1: Oh, interesting. Um. So he he's st- he's still licking his wounds and. Drogon we need to return my people need me
3: yeah can you take me back he's like no mom I'm sore I'm sore <laughs> so I'm hurting tired. I have holes
1: in my wings and puncture wounds all over my body uh, and she's like well at the very least you could hunt some supper yeah and
2: <laughs>
3: Danny 41.
1: begins walking you know down below looks like she climbed down there pretty quickly
3: Who? Who was it? The the dragon that got grounded during the Dance of Dragons and ended up um, eating Rhaenyra alive? Yeah, it was it was Sunfire. He ended up having a wing half torn off of his body and landed near Dragonstone, and Aegon fed him. Aegon the Second fed him Rhaenyra.
1: (laughs) Oh, interesting. I don't I don't know much about that story.
3: Cool history stuff.
1: So. Danny's walking around and she hears something in the distance. And up over the ridge comes a lone rider.
3: And then she turns the other direction and like she she knows she's surrounded.
1: (laughs) Yeah, three more Dothraki men arrive on horseback, and immediately Danny drops her ring.
3: And was that slick to do and like realistically? Because what are the odds anybody's ever going to find that?
1: That's what I said. Is (laughs) what are the odds?
5: Completely with you guys on that one. Kind of an unlikely
3: this, breadcrumb.
5: Yes.
1: Here's the no, thing though, so. is the show got a little clever with it because the way the Dothraki circled around her oh, right. created like rivets bullseye. in the grass. So she was exactly that, Duncan, a bullseye. And so when if and when Jora and Danny or Jorah and Danny, Jorah and Dario approached, which they do because it's, it's quite a large circle.
3: Yeah, as long as they have a vantage point to be able to see it. If you're yeah, on ground level, like, you wouldn't know it's a circle. You need to be like you know, up in the air to some degree. So if they came over like a crest of a hills- like hillside... Like a ridge. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, far-fetched, yes. But the show, I think, did the best they could as... Is- far as elaborating enough to make it slightly realistic.
5: Yeah. I don't think that happens in the books. I can't remember. I know this is where we are, I think, in the books yeah. too with her. The
3: last we see is um they approach basically and she is faced with they don't we don't even get the specifics at this
5: point. She a call <laughs> rides up. Yeah, she does she says though that it's only like a few hundred where the in the show you can tell it's like, it's like thousands. thousands.
1: Um, so basically they just surround her and they, you know, are, they're, they're doing their Dothraki call.
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, that's not a good situation for Danny to be in. Definitely I mean, not. she's what's good though, is she knows the culture very well. And yeah, that's true. You know, she knows how to. What she knows what to expect. She knows where they're going. You know what I mean. They're gonna go back to. To the. the um, Dosh yeah, they're gonna find out that she's, the wife of a call, and they're gonna take her back to the Doshkolein. Yep. So yeah, what's your next note? Um.
3: It was relating to cersei and that whole thing oh, i think we pretty much covered most of that though there's um, just one part where she he was like the high sparrow's like you want to make a confession and she's like once i've confessed will i be free you know it's obviously she's just like trying to see what she can get away with <laughs> yeah just the only thing i think i didn't mention before Oh, there's one part, too, where she starts to like, because she, she's like acting, you know, she's just doing whatever she needs to do to get out of there. And the spar- the high sparrow is like, you had a husband. And she's like, a husband of whoring every chance he got, you know, and like starts to slip yeah. out of her character. And, and she's like, has to like collect herself and go along with what she's trying to do again.
1: I like how she still denies too that.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah her that's...
1: kids are Roberts mm-hmm. for sure. She goes, a lie, a lie from the lips of Stannis Baratheon. Yep. He wants the throne, but his brother's children stand in the way. So he claims they're not his brothers.
3: Yeah, I deny it. Solid yes. denial, pretty convincing, Solid. sound logic. But she's also had plenty of time to prepare that one and practice it. And she's probably told For it sure. a million times. <laughs> yeah. Lied so long it's like become the truth in her mind kind of, kind of thing, you know?
1: Yeah, that's all I really have on Cersei left yeah. too. And we
3: just find out that there is also going to be a trial. Um, yeah, which is pretty. After her walk
1: of atonement,
5: I choose violence. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what? It, when is that? Oh, uh, right, that's when they're squaring off, and she's got the mountain yeah. behind her and everything. There will be violence if you do. That, yeah, she I
1: says it to violence. Lancel. Yep.
3: Yeah, that's great. And that's when the sparrows attack Gregor, Mount Frank and Gregor. Yeah. And they, like, they have that four pointed hammer thing and they smash it. And it, it just his gets chest. stuck
1: in his chest plate. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and he <it> rips <laughs> that guy's head in half.
5: <laughs> oh, such a good scene.
3: Yeah. It's the best.
1: Well, the next note that I have is back up at Castle Black when um, yeah. Malasanja returns. Yep.
3: Same here. Oh, man. Stannis is, or Davos is trying to convince John to give them the supplies right
1: yeah He's, and john's yeah. like we don't have enough men to make any difference at all
3: and then they're interrupted by Melisandra, like the gate opening
1: yeah and Melisandra just looks beat and they rush over to her and she just has a like a look of just pain and angst yeah. and like defeat. her whole world
3: just collapsed everything she thought she knew <laughs>
1: John goes Stannis and she has no response and Davos is like Shireen the princess and she gives this horrid look to him like no yeah. <laughs> and Davos's face was so sad
3: yeah and he must have so many questions and she just like brushes past yeah like I'm mean, like just, hold the fuck up you know like, yeah I need like answers. time
1: out what the fuck happened
3: yeah oh man so, so that was
1: it for my notes
3: Yeah, I think that may be it for mine as well. Cool. Yep, that's it. Got anything else you want to mention, Johnny?
5: No, I think that basically wraps up the episode for me.
3: All right, so stick with us, guys. We'll be right back after a short break. expression by polled check him out at soundcloud.com slash dash music and we're back with news about game of thrones the big piece of news that we have right now is the that the air date for season eight has been released april 14th
1: thank god it's my mom's birthday
3: oh yeah i'm just gonna gloat for a couple seconds and say that we've had our countdown timer on game set to april 14th for like i don't know a month month and a half
5: yes so we, we, <laughs> That's predict, awesome.
3: we predicted that date
5: it was foretold <laughs> it is known just it's
3: known. just known. <laughs> so, along with the air date, we also got a teaser trailer and I'm pretty sure that all three of us have watched it.
1: I watched it. I couldn't help myself.
5: Yeah, yeah but it it doesn't really spoil anything. It's so right. so for anybody
3: out there who hasn't seen it yet because we normally don't tra- talk about trailers, uh just skip ahead 7 minutes.
5: Yeah, it's it's a lot like that that uh table chess scene from like the first teaser where It's very, like, that scene that's in the one that we just saw, I doubt that's going to be in any episode. It's just a bunch of ambiguous hints. It's promo. Yeah, it was all
3: audio from previous seasons and stuff.
1: Bran's not in the
5: crypt. Bring in the ice.
1: Yep, that's what I thought too. Bran is the Night King. He's the ice. Oh man, he's
5: he's down there. He's just the ice creeping up on him.
3: The funny thing about it is that they're they're down in the crypt, and John is like having like these auditory hallucinations from they're all they all are of these dead people like hauntings in the crypt, right? And Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I I had you know heard that there was a trailer i was like oh god i don't want to hear anything about it and i i did a search rachel remember how we were talking about how long the, d- the journey is from castle black to winterfell oh vice versa? yeah i tried to search in there's it was this great website a search of ice and fire which searches through all the book texts. You can like specify which texts you want to search and type like a phrase or a word combination and see what comes oh, up. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, it's really awesome to play around with if you're like trying to figure out... Like that's how I got a lot of quotes for still smug and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was trying to find... In book one, where they're talking about traveling from when they're when Tyrion and John are going to the wall, and I we had speculated that they had given a time frame for how long the journey took. So I was trying to figure that out. And what did come up was a quote from went from uh John seven, I think, in a Game of Thrones, where he's talking to like his inner monologue, he's imagin- he's thinking about these nightmares that he's been having about hauntings in the Winterfell crypt and oh. then like waking oh. up and realize and thinking like, I'm a man of the night's watch, you know, I, I gotta be strong and I can't like think about this, but he's like, you know, dead people are like, you know, his relatives are like just coming out from their crypts and their, their graves and the crypt and everything. So, uh, I, I thought it was just cool. And I, you know, I posted it on Facebook with a couple pictures, like one of the crypts and one of Jon snow and a couple people messaged me and they were like, Whoa, like, like that's that was a really good quote to post and i was like oh cool thanks and they were like they they brought it up in relation to the teaser trailer and i was like what like so they thought i had seen the trailer and then thought that was an appropriate quote to post because it was (laughs) like Uh, you know kind of referencing like the ghost voices and stuff and from the from the teaser trailer but it was just a total coincidence
5: yeah i mean i would almost argue that this thing was more of again just like a like a hype promo of an actual trailer. Yeah, hype promo. The, totally. The thing that pissed me off, which I'm not going to talk about any of the... But there's an 18-second actual piece of the episode in a HBO promotion right. for their 2019 shows that are going to be releasing. So little bits right. of sure, all like, these shows, but they throw in... True Detective and everything. <laughs> yeah. and, they just, and they just creep it in there. So I saw that, and I was like, well, awesome. I Thanks. didn't want to see that.
3: <laughs> right, that's fucked up. Lure and it's a key... In
5: key scene that's just crazy oh shit yeah
3: that is crazy
5: like just a little key exchange of dialogue so if anybody hasn't watched it and it what's crazy is my wife and i we watched uh uh true detective the first uh the third season that aired on sunday nice. and it airs like right before it that's so like shows on hbo 2019 like they're doing their little you know there's no announcer obviously i just right. did that but like the text <laughs> yeah. just, the text is popping up saying, Sunday, you know, Sunday, HBO, Sunday. you know, True Detective, Game of Thrones, like throwing all these things out there. And then they show like these little pieces of each of the shows, right? And then one of them shows said character we all know walking up to other said character we all know with another said character we all know, and they just <laughs> exchange some dialogue. And I'm like, Why? I love. The way I guess this is gonna that. this is gonna happen, and maybe hopefully the first minute of the freaking premiere. If not, this sucks if this is, like, a piece of, like, episode four or two or something.
3: <laughs> so funny.
5: But uh, I guess yeah, they probably, probably thought, well, the there's premiere. not much, but I've already seen, like, on YouTube channels, taking that 18 seconds and, like, circling Analyzing certain pieces of, of like, costumes and be like, could this be this? Does this mean that? Does this is? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, Jesus. Here we go.
3: <laughs> yeah, there was, like, 20-minute videos about 18 seconds.
5: Exactly. Yeah, like, but, literally. Uh, but the 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 trailer one, I mean, I think that one again. There's the, all the dialogue is from episodes past. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the there's promo nothing we're in about. it that's spoiler. It, it was like, I mean, it's it's got like this ambiguous foreshadowing that. Yeah,
3: it's really uh, yeah. Any, it would have made sense in could, season one, right? You know, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was really cool though. I thought it was very like artfully done. The, oh, it's the beautiful. statues of themselves Definitely.
5: yeah like i said it reminded me a lot of that that first trailer we got where it's the the, the ice and the fire yeah, rushing at each other really
3: conceptual
5: yeah it's
3: yeah. beautiful yeah like yeah, you said a hype promo. it's and it, it's just getting hype up and right. like saying like we're gonna be back but not like actually showing you anything or giving you any hints about what's going
5: on I'd rather have that than an actual trailer of a bunch of scenes spliced Me too. together.
3: I'm thinking that this year they may like not actually release a trailer.
5: Well, with they all may the, just uh, do the
3: hype promos. Yeah, with like leak worries and stuff like that.
5: Exactly. That would I be mean, so cool uh, if they uh, didn't do that. A, a trailer that shows actual pieces of scenes might give somebody that has got leaked stuff, like, oh, this isn't it. Look, they just showed it in the trailer.
3: Yeah, like, you oh, know, this so leak go ahead is and good. release this. Yeah exactly so I'm hoping that they don't do any like real trailers this year how cool would that be?
5: That'd be awesome Yeah that'd
3: be sweet.
1: I'd be be cool with that because I can't not watch them. I tried not (laughs) to watch the one that they just released and I just I was like a kid in a candy store like I can't do it. I gotta watch it Oh my god no!
3: I only watched watched it it when I was fully convinced that there was like no real spoiler stuff in it and because I knew both of you guys watched it and we could talk about it on the show
1: Yeah. Nice. Um, cool
3: yeah so anything else you guys want to add about that
1: no april 14th my mom's birthday so it's going to come out on her birthday
3: (laughs) oh my uh one of our listeners told me a story about how like a few minutes after the announcement of the time came out or of the date like maybe like half an hour later she got a text from somebody at in her PTA or parent teacher association who was saying that there was an important, important meeting on that day.
1: (laughs) Uh, Ah, trolling. Yeah. Just trolling her.
3: That's
4: funny. (laughs) was like, I butt too.
3: (laughs) You'll know better next time, princess Sarah. Yeah. Hilarious. All right. Moving on to game of Thrones and history again from bustle. 11 times Game of Thrones was inspired by True Stories from History by Charlotte Allen.
1: William the Conqueror. In actual English history, William the Conqueror was a bastard duke of Normandy who wanted to rule over all seven kingdoms of England. In 1066, he crossed the narrow sea with one hell of an army and started running the place. The current Queen of England is his... Twenty-two times, great granddaughter in *A Song of Ice and Fire*. It's the same story, except with Aegon the Conqueror and his sister wives and their dragons taking over Westeros and establishing the Targaryen dynasty.
3: Damn! Seven hmm. kingdoms of England, seven kingdoms of Westeros.
5: That's wild.
1: Yeah, it's cool.
5: Yeah, that's really um, cool. Richard the Third. Richard the Third is a divisive historical figure. On one hand, he stands accused of murdering his own nephews to secure his spot on the English throne. Damn! But on the other hand, there's a good chance that Richard III was actually framed for murdering his nephews with pigeon pie. <laughs> and, in that, <laughs> and in that reality, he was just a small, witty, slightly hunchbacked guy who was made out to be some kind of monster by his relatives. I'm sure that Tyrion can relate.
3: Yeah, that's so funny too, man. (laughs) Twisted monkey demon. Yeah. (laughs) The
5: Little Ice Age. The
3: seasons of Westeros are definitely different from the seasons of Earth, but there actually was a medieval warm period followed by the Little Ice Age from approximately the 14th century through the mid-19th century. The climate shift wasn't as dramatic as in Martin's fiction, but the drop in temper- temperatures did affect civilization in Europe and the North Atlantic region. Advancing glaciers obliterated farms and churches and crops failed due to colder, wetter summer- summers leading to famine. So, the idea of a winter that lasts a generation is really not so fantastical. Martin just added the zombies.
5: Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> A little known fact about this uh little ice age is that it was also uh like really big and helping uh, destroy a lot of what was left over from uh the black death throughout. Oh, it, like interesting. Cuz the cold the cold naturally like as a winter kills the virus. Exactly. You know, interesting. So That's cool. That, that's that's cool. the positive side of that.
3: <laughs> Good to know. I didn't
5: know that. Yeah, I've done a lot of uh Research on the uh, the three major points that the uh, from when the black death started to when it spiked to its massive spikes for a uh, sirenicide right stuff. right yeah yep killer nice did you hear that.
3: Sir Matthew of House Rep. Marin Trant gets what's coming to him. The real question mm. is <laughs> did he always have these predilections towards beating young girls, or is this a taste he acquires after Joffrey made him punish Sansa? Ooh. I love how Arya goes straight for his eyes, blinding him before death, foreshadowing her own subsequent blinding. Yeah, and that is a good question about um, Maren. I think he was probably perverted before that.
1: I do, I do too. Yeah, that's I think that's too. why he could beat Sansa.
3: Yeah, if that if like maybe if you were made to do something like that in like early childhood, it would be more likely to cause these type of like um, you know like fixation on it or something like that. But like, being fully an adult and being made to do something like that, I don't think it would like have that deep of an effect on your psychology you'd probably just like be pissed off that you had to do it.
5: Right. Um, Yeah.
3: As much as I, he goes on as much as I hate Ollie. I really tried to look at things from, from his, his perspective this time around. Not only did John not punish the wildling that personally led the attack that had his whole entire village killed, but he's going to turn around and give that land that his people have worked for generations for, for the, to the very people that murdered him or them i'd be pissed off too yeah for sure yeah it's pretty it's pretty brutal
1: it's pretty fucked up (laughs) from ollie's perspective (laughs) yeah
3: poor ollie and his little hamlet
1: little hamlet (laughs) lady sarah of house larkham writes this episode set foreshadows a lot of things number one Ilaria poisoning marcella Flash forward to season seven, episode three, when Cersei does the same thing Elaria's, to Alaria's daughter and makes Alaria watch. Two, Cersei gets revenge on the High Sparrow and Septa Yanela and her enemies by blowing up the Septa Baelor with them in it. Number three. Brienne killing Stannis foreshadows Brienne getting her confidence back so she can serve Sansa as the best person that she is.
5: Yeah, definitely. Good point.
1: Awesome. Thanks for writing in.
5: All right. Lady Lucy of House Jane very carefully gets me every time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> How did you do it after you just almost got beat
5: to death? <laughs> very carefully
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my (laughs) oh my
5: (laughs) although I adore Brienne she is wrong about Renly being the rightful king but I forgive her (laughs) I really love the sound Miranda makes as she falls to the ground the perfect end to an evil wench yeah that was pretty funny I find it interesting that Arya's favorite method of killing is slitting throats. Ah. Which is how Kat died. Payback to the world, maybe? Mm. Possibly.
1: But yeah,
3: because she gets Walder like that too, doesn't she? Slits she gets a few
1: people like that.
3: From behind. Uh, Damn. What
5: what does she do to uh, Littlefinger? She oh, slits snap. his throat. Uh yeah, yeah. There we go. Damn. Yeah, that's her thing, man. Uh she didn't even see it. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> oh man! I think you should probably heard about it, though. Probably. Uh, uh, why doesn't Jamie turn the boat around? He knows that the Prince of Dorne didn't do this. Don't get it. I think in that moment, personally, that if they've gone through that length to the sand stakes to kill, I just think by the time that he get, he would get off the to back to that dock or anything like that, it would be over. Like, I mean, at that point, they already have their plan in motion. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they probably up. had some kind of contingency that if, you know, oh, if this boat starts turning around, we need to do this, this, and this. Remember? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you'd probably at that point realize, oh, shit, we just need to get out of here.
3: <laughs> oh, man, what a fucked <laughs> up scenario. I would be really tempted uh, to turn back, though. Like, I would want to, like, try to cut their heads off. I'd be like, Brian, we need to kill these bitches. <laughs> I know you want the bad uh, pussy, but you're gonna fucking c-
2: <laughs> kill her instead.
5: Uh, uh, I love that Varian are back together again. <laughs> <Nice. Varian. laughs> that's
1: awesome. Uh,
5: that's cute. Um, while I hate the heist, bro, I love that he won't take any of Cersei's bullshit, and that he cuts her off straight away. While I don't have an ounce of sympathy for Cersei on her walk of shame... I would dearly love to uh, shove Sister Anella Bell up her arse <laughs> because it's very annoying. Here, here, Dang <laughs> shame. Uh, I can't bear the end scene. Ollie is a treacherous little shit. Yes, agreed,
3: agreed. Treacherous little shit. Lord Mark of House Taylor. I used to play hockey with a guy named Mark Taylor. That's pretty funny. Nice. This is not the same one, I don't think, though hello i have just watched seasons one to seven within the last two weeks
2: I enjoy- <laughs> yeah,
3: that's that's pretty so- solid nice dude glad you're enjoying it i enjoy podcasts and enjoy listening to yours regarding game of thrones i had a theory i wanted to share forgive me if it's been brought up before but here it is as he stepped into the shelter the man had built for him he paused and looked back at Jon snow The boy stops near the fire, his face still and hard. Looking deep into the flames, Tyrion Lannister smiled sadly and went to bed. Then, when episode seven of season seven ended, Tyrion was aware of Jon and his aunt in bed together. Perhaps he is aware of who Jon is. This could have been why he tried to speak to Daenerys earlier, but she did not want to talk about her succession. If it turns out that Tyrion is Jon Snow's uncle, <laughs> then John traveled to the Night's Watch with both of his uncles going with him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. That, that's
3: hilarious. Nice. Thanks for writing. nice that's Lord nice. Good. Mark, good to hear from you.
2: All
3: right. That's our show, episode 92. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody.
1: And a huge thanks to Archmeester Stitches from the Luminescent Citadel on the Siren Isle for joining us today. Seriously, dude, it was awesome having you here.
5: Yeah. You're very welcome. Very welcome. It was a pleasure. Always.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to have you back sometime soon for sure.
5: Definitely. (laughs)
3: If you'd like to donate or subscribe to support us, you can go to paypal.me slash g-o-m podcast and patreon.com slash g-o-m podcast to donate an amount of your choosing. There are links to both at gameofmicrophones.com.
1: Doing some online shopping? Go to gameofmicrophones.com and click on our link to Amazon. As an Amazon associate, we earn from qualifying purchases.
5: Any contribution you make helps. And your help can secure the continued existence of G.O.M. Game (laughs) of Microphones.
3: And make sure to also check out Sirenicide. It's Archmaster Stitch's serialized horror drama podcast revolving around a tale of terror and mystery unfolding in the fictional city of Morston, Texas.
5: Yeah, check it out at sirenicide.com or facebook.com slash sirenicide or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Just enter sirenicide, S-I-R-E-N-I-C-I-D-E. We'd also like to thank our
3: patrons, Sir Matthew of House Rep, Lady Lucy of House Roberts, Lady Candace of House Tubes, Lord Jeff of House Allen, Sirenicide, and Luke the Low Duke. Thank you guys for your support and patronage.
1: Yes, thanks guys. We love you. Indeed. We also want to give a huge thanks to Lady Lisa of House Sky, Pi Romancer. She's been key in behind the scenes working to get GameofMicrophones.com up and running. She is also a world-class artist and oh, she yeah. does amazing work. She did a great George RR R. Martin uh, drawing and also a Rhaegar Targaryen Ooh. drawing. And it was really, really amazing. She's awesome. You can check out her amazingly illustrated children's book, The People You May See, available now on Amazon.com. You can also check out all of her beautiful artwork at fineartsbylisa.com instagram.com slash fineartsbylisa and facebook.com slash fineartsbylisa
3: And she'll be guest hosting on the next episode as well so Yay! look forward to that. Oh, awesome. cool.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited
3: Next episode we'll be covering season 6 episode 1 The Red Woman Give it a watch and send us your thoughts We'd love to read them on air if you'd like to call, you can call us at 813-JOFFREY. That's 813-563-3739.
1: If you would like to write in, you can email us at ravens at gameofmicrophones.com.
5: Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash g-o-m podcast.
4: While you're there, <laughs> give us a rating and a review. <laughs> Indeed, Mighty.
1: Love it. Ipslap. <laughs> <laughs> You can also listen to Game of Microphones on YouTube, Bitshoot, and Steemit.
3: We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Minds at GOM Podcast. We are on Tumblr too at Game of Microphones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right.
3: <laughs> All right. That's our show, mates. Thanks, Thanks for, listening. for listening.
2: For the watch.
4: For the watch.
2: For the watch. ready for liftoff oh my god you
1: are the dapper tonight because that's funny because we always tell Justin how dapper he looks
5: (laughs) where you guys
3: are alright I will start off good morrow revenge seeking rainbow guard and shame walking queens Shame, shame 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 (laughs) show
5: showstrokers, showstrokers. <laughs> show there you go oh
1: man <laughs>
2: <Tight> <laughs>
3: <Me grip. too. laughs>
5: Shame. Shame.
1: shame shame
5: shame shame
1: shame shame ring-a-ling-a-ling
5: confess confess
4: <laughs> <that>. shame
5: shame, <laughs>
1: shame. <laughs> <laughs> suck me off you bitch <laughs> yeah
3: hanging out with his wang out <laughs> I'm taking all these great quotes of you and putting them in the outtakes like
1: suck me (laughs) up you bitch how much for your little clam (laughs) that one was so creepy (laughs) (laughs) how much for your little clam (laughs) oh god you're evil
5: (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious he's like oh (laughs) I've been
3: imagining that for a while Stannis oh the menace menace. Uh, yeah I have (laughs) You don't want to defend a child murderer, you know. But Stannis, friend zone. Yeah, yeah sad, sad for Jora. Do you have rock climbing skills? You
2: know, have you ever tracked
1: animals in the wilderness?
3: No, not exactly. Are you good on a horse? Uh, middling.
1: So mainly you talk and drink. I've survived
5: this far. That makes it. uh You know, again, not trying to con- condone. You know, like you were saying. You know abuse against children or child murder but yeah i love it when he gets, he gets <laughs> his um-comings.
1: hold on one second dave don't lock me in I unlocked it. okay he he locks me in the garage the boltons crushed the army yeah, and true. brianne crushed his face <laughs>
3: get to the chopper it will take you to essos for safety we'll pretend you're dead over here it will be okay <laughs> who said anything about dying
1: oh no 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 you're not gonna die oh
3: it's gonna be so much worse
1: you're gonna be fucking tortured yeah except for your lady bits you're gonna be fucking tortured
5: i just stepped in miranda
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's so creepy and she just plasters to the ground. It's nasty. <laughs> so fucked up. It's
3: like a thud and a squeal combined. Oh,
5: ooh! I don't want to be looking at these boobs.
1: Poop boobs.
5: Nymeria would have just straight up ripped her fake face off if that wouldn't have been.
1: <laughs>
3: Once I've confessed, will I be free?
5: Oh, oh
3: God!
5: Really? Very carefully. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm not. laughs> I'd be like Brian we need to Kill these bitches <laughs> I know you want The bad uh, pussy But you're gonna Fucking c- kill her instead. <laughs> it's Arch It's Arch <laughs> <it's> art-
1: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> You can't <laughs> do it now
3: <laughs> you, you can't do it It's Archmaster <laughs> Stitches Serialized
1: <laughs> <laughs> For the rewatch <laughs> <laughs> For the rewatch Ha 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 ha.